Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back to the show on WCOM in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, WCOM there in Carville as well. The Bass News Radio Show on the Bass News Radio Network. Thanks to our guests. I want to go back to the phones and bring in one of my good friends. He is the co-host of You and the Law that airs every uh, Tuesday, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on blogtalkradio.com. And, of course, the rebroadcast you can hear at 4 a.m. and 6 p.m. 
on the Bachelor News Airtime Pro. If you missed the live, you can go to the rebroadcast. He is the one and only Chief Keith Humphrey, uh, Chief of Police in Little Rock, Arkansas. Chief, I appreciate you coming on, sir. Come on, LA. Anytime for you, man. I appreciate you, man. I, I thank you, and uh, hello to all the listeners. Uh, and or should I say swag, since that's what your your co-host. Uh, <laughs> No, 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 you, 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 no, 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 you, you, you're good. I, I just made that a requirement for, for Virgil. Okay, uh, we, we'll definitely uh, keep that in mind. Chief, you guys did a show um, Tuesday, and I thought it was really, really um, important and, and and unique. And but I mean, your show is unique in itself. You are two black police chiefs talking about real issues, whether it be police brutality or some of the things that people need to know when they're getting stopped is, is real talk. And I truly appreciate it. And that's why um, we love to have you on, on the network. The chief, I wanted to ask you um, about the conversation you had regarding, you know, mental illness and stress that law enforcement goes through. So before I get into some of the, the nuts and bolts of it, um, tell us what's in place, you know, generically, maybe specifically to your agency um, mm-hmm. that your officers can utilize when they go through stuff. Because, you know, uh, I've often said on this show, you have some bad apples, but I don't think any of, of you, um, including yourself, sign up to be, you know, um, psychologists and and uh, mediators and everything else other than just enforcing the law, but you have to take on these other hats and roles when you are dealing with the um, the public in a lot of different instances. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, LA, there, there's always been, uh, you know, for a long time, the only person uh, that law enforcement officers would trust, uh, it was always go to your minister. Uh, but then you have officers who don't, uh, they may not belong. They may not go to church. Uh, they may not have a minister. And so, you know, it, and then it got to the point where, where you're a big boy, you're a big girl, just deal with it. Uh, you know, you just been involved in a shooting or you've been involved in a, in a, in a very, uh, emotional incident. Well, just deal with it. That's part of the job. And what we saw, we saw a lot, a lot of, uh, PTSD is not new to law enforcement. I mean, it's been in existence for years. Right. We just didn't call it that. Uh, we just basically say there's nothing wrong with you. Just suck it up. You're a police officer. Deal with it. You're tough, this and that and the other. And so that's one of the things that I've, I'm so thankful for President Obama uh, setting forth the uh, 21st century policing and the, and, the 20, and the pillars. And that sixth pillar talks about wellness. So for the first time, there is a guideline to how we get to that point, not the physical wellness, but the emotional uh, and the mental wellness. And so what you're seeing there, L.A., is throughout the nation, many police departments are implementing internal wellness programs, uh, outlets for officers to have that person or that resource to to get the help that they need, whether it's related to on-duty issues or off-duty issues. Now, there are a lot of cities that have the uh, employee assistance programs, EAP, a lot of law enforcement officers don't trust that city process because they believe it's not a confidential process. And what has happened with a lot of the states, they've had to write state statute uh, to help uh, make these wellness programs confidential. 
Now, it doesn't mean if an officer comes in and tells you they've committed a crime that that's confidential. But if somebody tells you, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm depressed, I've, I've done this, I've done, that's confidential information, and that we have a responsibility to see what resources we need to provide. So that's that's one of the things that we're doing here in, in, in Little Rock. The other thing that we're doing, I'm looking to hire a full-time uh, licensed counselor uh, to help internally uh, when we have those officers that might need to talk to someone right then and there, and also for our internal, our external partners, which are our homeless and our mental health um, community. So we'll have um, uh, someone there to talk. So so it goes both ways. But, yeah, we're, we're finally realizing that we need an outlet, finally. You know, if you talk about, you know, trying to put those things in place, do you think that um, the stress of the job, and, and which leads to a lot of, uh, you know, issues with officers and they don't have that, you know, that place where they can go if they're not religious or, or what have you, do you think that they, that, tends to lead to why we have some of these these bad apples or the shootings or they're just bad apples? I think both. Uh, I think that there are individuals that have seen so much go on and they have so much in their personal life going on and in their professional life, they don't know how to separate the two. I think that can evolve into a problem. And then I do think you just have people that just have problems. They're going to have problems no matter what kind of assistance they get and they're wearing badges and carrying guns. So I think it's both. But I think for the most part, you have individuals that don't know how to get the, get the assistance. And then you have coworkers who basically say, well, that's their problem. I'm not going to get involved in it. And what, and what we see also, L.A., you've heard us talk about this. Uh, there are police officers out there that don't have an out. So everything, every, every, all they breathe, eat, and sleep is police work. When they're on duty, when they're off duty, they don't have an out. They don't have hobbies. Uh, they don't have, they don't spend time with their families. Uh, they're estranged from their families. They're estranged from their friends. This is all they, this is all they do, and and that can be dangerous too. And so what we what we've seen, LA, is we're starting to get into the into the academies. We're talking about wellness. We're talking about the emotional intelligence part of it in the academy from day one, so that we can have these officers understand when they are going into crisis. It's okay. You're not going to be terminated because you're going. To, you feel as though you're going into crisis. What's going to happen? You're going to be terminated if you don't do something about it. And so I think that both we have individuals that it piles on, and we have individuals that they bring their their uh, their dirt with them to to the job. Just joining us, we'll talk with Chief uh, Keith Humphrey, Chief of Police in Little Rock, Arkansas, uh, Black Police Chief. I want to emphasize that uh, only to the to the fact that some of the conversations we have are very candid. And uh, I really appreciate uh, Chief Humphrey, and, and over the years, he's, he's been very a, a straight shooter. I, I appreciate that. But you're listening to the Bachelor News Radio Show on the Bachelor News Radio Network and WCOM in uh, Chapel Hill. It, it, Chief, it's, there are some people out there that, you know, quite frankly, in our neighborhoods that, that don't trust the police and just follow where I'm going. Um, certainly where I grew up, we didn't trust the police, quite frankly. I mean, we've seen too much, um, you know, uh, just a lot of stuff that are quote-unquote off the books and what they did and some stops. I had a, a gun put to my head before, um, you know, and, and, and even your own law enforcement, black law enforcement has been 
harassed. We see it now on social media, certain uh, uh, officers are talking about they've been stopped. Um, and thank God they had the uniforms that they might be dead. Um, so that that aspect is there. So you it's, it's probably going to be hard for, for civilians, especially those who are victims of police brutality, to have any empathy or sympathy um, for law enforcement that is stressed out and going through some, some mental is, issues. And you talked about PTSD. Uh, how do you... Is that a fair assessment? Is that even fair for people to feel like that, especially those who have been through these type of uh, atrocities and in some cases uh, heinous uh, uh, crimes and murders uh, of these families, these victims? You know, L.A., in a perfect world, I would say uh, that citizens shouldn't feel that way. But knowing without, you know, knowing that the things that we're seeing on TV, knowing that the history that there has been in law enforcement and minority communities, it is very difficult for somebody to say, uh, hey, uh, I feel sorry for them. I mean, how do you how do you feel sorry for someone? And and, and I'm just saying I'm not saying you shouldn't. But, you know, you're looking at the average person, you know, you look at just think about the George Floyd family. Uh, If it were to come back or say that that this, this person that killed George Floyd uh, had a mental illness. I mean, how do you expect family to to feel sorry for him? How do you expect this family based on the actions? So I think a lot of times it's uh, people do see us as superhuman. Uh, people do think that we should just shake things off. Uh, we're at a point people do not want to hear that there are uh, levels of mental illness in law enforcement. There's PTSD. But you know what, L.A., at the, at the end of the day, it is what it is. Unfortunately, uh, it's taken a lot of things to happen for us to get to this point. Like, and I go back and I say, if it, you know, oh, President Obama revealing this, get, getting that, that that committee together, and and basically coming up and saying, what about officers? We 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 talk about how good you should look in uniform, but you know what? You could be a fifty a five hundred thousand dollar Rolls Royce. I drive y'all, but the engine is broken. You know, you look good outside, but the engine's broken. What do we do to fix these guys? What do we do to make sure they look good internally? What do we do to make sure they're thinking healthy? And so this 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 21st century policing has caused chiefs and the law enforcement professionals like the Nobles, National Organization Black Law Enforcement Executives, IACP, have caused us to put that in our curriculum over, you know, and talk about it. So there are those individuals that you shouldn't feel sorry for. But there are those individuals that realize they're, 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 they've got some issues and they're trying to address those issues on their own without people until, before they get to that level. I've had two young men on my organization that realized that they had some issues and they basically said, I can't do this job and I need to resign uh, before I hurt somebody and I need to fix myself for myself and my family. I respect that. I wish many more would do that. Yeah, that's being very responsible. And, you know, Chief, when you look at it, you know, we keep it on the black. Um, it, you know, I, I part of me feels, you know, that that if, if you're going to have any empathy or sympathy for uh, law enforcement, it's, it's got to be for black law enforcement. You, you sent me an article on how a black uh, um, organization, black, you know, law enforcement organizations – you know, challenge uh, Attorney General Barr um, 
with this denial that there's no issues in the rank and file across this country when it comes to policing and bad policing and that it needs to be addressed and and fixed. We'll get to that in a second. But um, the other part of it is, you know, some of those officers that maybe are not out there, black officers are not out there maybe brutalizing black and brown people. They're standing by and watching it. They're enabling yeah. it by saying nothing. So yeah. it's got to be, it's, it could be difficult though for people, you know, seeing people that look like us, but then saying, well, you know, you you know you ain't doing anything. You seen the white boy, the white officer doing this to these these people, and you yet you say nothing. So I don't feel sorry for you either. Yeah, it, it, it is, and, and you bring up a good point. And, and I'll, I'll tell you, you know, LA. Every time I think we're we're digging ourselves out of this hole, it seems like we get we we dig a little bit deeper and fall a little bit deeper. And and that that's that's correct. When you see uh, a uh, the situation with George Floyd, I keep bringing that up because that's a situation that everybody saw, they witnessed. You can't sugarcoat that. You can't make excuses for it. And you had three other officers around, and nobody intervened. But now you hear later that somebody was saying, well, maybe we should do this, but there was no actual physical attempt or a, a strong attempt to have this person stop. That is a concern. And so then when you come back and you have the union say, well, this officer suffered from PTSD or whatever. Nobody wants to hear that because you had three other people out there that could have intervened to, to, to do something, and they didn't do it. So so you're right. It is difficult for people to say that I have empathy for you, I sympathize for you. They do have a difficult time based on what, they, what they're seeing, their their experience with law enforcement. Uh, and then people say, well, is it, a, is it an excuse to get away with it? I'm telling you, we have more officers now coming forward since we have laws on the book that make it confidential. And the fact that you can't utilize that stuff against them uh, if it's not criminal, we do have more officers stepping forward now and saying, I do need help. Can I have a leave of absence? Uh, we have more supervisors recommending or directing people to wellness and, and peer support. So it is it is working. It, it is working, and we're having more officers say, I can't do this. We're having officers, we're having recruits before they even get started in the academy saying, I can't do this. I'm not emotionally. We're having recruits while they're in the academy. I can't, I'm not cut out for this. So it's working. People are starting to realize everybody can't do this job, and that's what we need. You're just joining us. We're talking with uh, Chief Keith Humphrey. He's the chief of police in Little Rock, Arkansas. Uh, on the Bachelor News Radio Show, on the Bachelor News Radio Network, and WCOM and, and Chapel Hill, uh, Chief, we one of the other concerns, I guess, for especially Black law enforcement is the fact that you see this um, this this wave of you know law enforcement uh, officers resigning, retiring, uh, some of which having this. Uh, what do they call it? This uh, the blue flu issue with it. The blue flu, where they they, they want to resign or they're just going to stay out because of the blue flu because they feel like they're being targeted, which I think is laughable. And the ones who want to st- uh, stand down and, and re- retire are probably the ones that are doing all the bad stuff anyway. But I digress. And then you have you know again the the rank and file, the mainstream of uh 
you know, police in this country that are, you know, maybe not necessarily siding with the guy occupying the White House, but certainly feel like they're being targeted. Um, and and then they, and then you have the ones that feel like this defunding, this word defunding, we'll get to that in a second, uh, is is hurting them, and maybe even hurting their salaries. So they're retiring. So, uh, is there a peril right now amongst uh, law enforcement right now? They seem as divided as we see people in this country as it relates to race. Is is is, is law enforcement in some some deep trouble right now? Yeah, I, I wouldn't say I, I wouldn't say deep trouble. I think you're seeing reality. I think that you what we're seeing is. Uh, you don't have very many chiefs like me in, 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 in Virgil uh, who, 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 who tell the truth, who tell the, the story of law enforcement and the history. Uh, and there are just a lot of these individuals that have never experienced anything like that. You know, you think about this. Let me just kind of paint a picture for you. Ferguson, Michael Brown, that was really kind of an isolated incident that you had a little bit of the, of the sparks throughout the country. Okay. Um, we have never seen in the lifetime of many of the people, maybe the baby boomers, um, but definitely not the new generation of millennials, uh, this most recent generation. They've never seen anything like this. And so you, you take the fact that you're from a small town. It may not be very diverse. And what you're seeing is you're seeing people coming together to stand up against the police and to stand up against um, oppression against by, by police officers. That scares people. There are individuals that are afraid. There are individuals that basically now think, uh-oh, I'm going to be revealed. My, my true feelings are going to be revealed. There are those officers that who just feel like nobody appreciates them. There are those officers that just realize this is not for me. And so I think you see a lot of it. I think you, and then you just have those officers that are just straight up, they, they are racist. Uh, and, mm. and, and that's a bad combination to be a racist and, and carry a gun. Uh, there's a difference between implicit, and I try to explain this to people. Everybody has a form of it, has implicit bias. We all do. It's the explicit bias that concerns me. The explicit bias, and so what you have is you have those individuals that, that L.A., they are afraid to talk about diversity. And, and the minute you bring up diversity, or they feel as though diversity is being pushed down their throat, or they feel like diversity is overshadowing uh, what they believe is impo- other important discussion, then that chief of police is a racist or the chief of police is trying to make the department something that they aren't. So now what you're seeing, now you're seeing officers leave because of that. They believe the chief doesn't support them. They believe the mayor doesn't support them. And so I think you're seeing the question you ask, I think it's yes to all. I think it's, I think it's yes to all. I think you have those individuals who have who realize it's time to retire. They've done their 28, 20 to 28 to 30 years. You have those individuals that basically they're young enough to get out after 20 years and do something else. And you're having those individuals that they can't do what they want to anymore. They're being questioned about everything they do. You have to be able to articulate. And let's just, this you, you weren't able to articulate before you did what you did anyway. So, so there you're trying to make right. me articulate and, 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 and make it, Make you know, trying to make me help people understand why I did, and I don't understand why I did it myself. So I better quit before I get myself into trouble. And then you have those individuals like like the the guy in Minnesota, the the, the person in Minnesota 
who killed George Floyd, who has issues all along. It was just a matter of time before he killed somebody. Mm, which the, the whole uh, law agency there should be under fire for allowing him to stay on, on the force, uh, acting like a Klansman with guns. But, you know... Uh, but, L.A., let me, let, me, let, me ask you, let me ask you just something real quick. L.A., why would, you not, why would you not stay on a department when you know that you have an organization... That's going to get your job back. That's going to that's going to that's going to hire attorneys. That's going to fight to get your job back, no matter if you're wrong or not, because that's just what's supposed to happen. Why would you not? Why would you not stay? Why would you not continue to be a police officer when you know you have nothing to lose? Uh, in some cases. Yeah, and I and I up until a few years, I thought baseball had the the best union, and you, I mean, they was the strongest. But boy. Uh, you can't you can't fire an officer. I know we've talked off air about some stuff that you had to deal with and stuff, and it's this it's astonishing. But you know it's it's it, this whole. The, I want to go back to what you said real quick in terms of you know officers feel like they're you know not appreciated, and you know quite frankly, um, Chief, there's certain jobs that, that, you know and careers that. When people go into it, and you know, people will criticize me for saying this, that you you know what you're getting into. So I, I'm no who I mean, everybody wants to be appreciated. Everybody wants to say you're doing it here, you're doing a great job. But if you're not hearing that, you're still supposed to do your job. I hear, and I'm not I'm not anti-teachers. Lord knows in this climate, my my kids <clears throat> was driving me crazy being home. So I, I got a, a better appreciation for teachers. But in some cases, some teachers you know, feel like they're not appreciated, but you knew you were underpaid when you were going into it. So you're going into it certainly for love. And it's, it seems like the same thing with law enforcement. You know you know the, the risk and dangers and the fact that you're not just going to get the bad guys. You've got to break up fights. You've got to deal with arguments. You, you know, you're rescuing animals, and you're all over the place. So you know it seems to me, Chief, it seems to me that, Law enforcement people know that when they take that oath um, to uh, serve and protect, that they know it is some stuff going into. So, uh, as much as like like I said, I think people should get a, a pat on the back and hey, man, you're doing a great job. It's good for your morale and your 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 all of that. Some of us have to humble ourselves and know that you know this is what it is, and you know that that's what you signed up for. So this this whole notion of feeling woe is me because you're not you're feeling underappreciated. Well, I mean, you're law enforcement, all right? I mean, yeah, you, am I wrong, Keeper? No, no, you're you're right, LA, and, and 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 I see the I see the concerns of the officers too, but I think what I think what we do in law enforcement, we focus so much on the on the vocal minority, and when I say minority, I'm not talking about African American or you know people of color that vocal minority that we hear that's always in our ear. We right. focus and we take things we take things personally. I'm telling you right now, police officers take things more personally than any other profession that I've ever seen. They take it personally. Um mm. when 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 if they hear um you know, if if they hear one person say, if if the chief says and, and I get this a lot so as a police chief, it's very difficult for me to actually go and tell somebody, one person, hey, 
you don't need to be driving fast, okay? Because if the, if the police chief does that, you're picking on me. You're retaliating against me. So if I put out an email to say, hey, I've been noticing there's been vehicles driving, ex- you know, with excess, you know, excessive speed, just remember, be careful, this and that and the other, then I'm, I'm going to get it both ways. I'm going to get it, well, he's accusing us of driving fast. Or, well, why didn't you say something to the person that's doing that? I mean, it's it's instead of taking right. it as, he's just, he's just saying, be careful. That's the message. Just He's just saying, be careful. It's, well, he, he's fussing at you or, or he's lumping us all in. We, we, we do take things personally as law enforcement officers. And I don't know how to, how to, how to, how to cure that, but we, we do. We, 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 we really, is, we, and I tell my officers, go back to the basics of why you got into this profession. It was to help people. You're not going to receive praise every day. Even when you do the right thing, you're not going to receive praise. Do the job. Do the best job you can. Do the job that you're trained to do. Do what you were called to do. Your your praise will come. It, you don't have to get praise on everything we do. The majority of the officers out here in L.A., they don't even want people to know some of the things they do. They buy groceries for people. They pay people's utility bills. They give people rides to the doctors. They mow people's lawns and stuff. They don't want right. They don't want any recognition. But it's those that that got into law enforcement for the wrong reason that feel they have to continue to get the praise. Case in point, how are you going yeah. to sit here as a, as a SWAT team and see two of your members push a 70-some-year-old man out of the way, he hurts himself, and that because the, the mayor or whomever called you out, you're going to quit? Your guys were wrong. What they did, how are you going to try to – how are you going to just – I mean, that, that's what I'm saying. Those are the things that upset the communities. Well, they, though there are those who um, feel like they're being attacked, because again, it's almost like you know when um, these these little phrases we have now in society that I don't buy into, like when somebody dies, thoughts and prayers, and half the people don't even pray, but it's just something nice to say, or thanks for your right. service, and they really don't care about the military. I mean, it, we have right. these different stupid things that we say, don't really mean it, but you know. Those officers might hear it, thank you for serving, and they start, you know, again, sticking their chest out, and humbling themselves, right. and, and there's those, there's the ones that feel that, and then there's the ones that look at black and brown people are like animals to, to slaughter, so they don't care about how old that man was, they just, you know, how dare you question me, you know, he's just an old black guy, what's the big deal? You know, right. uh, but I, I digress. Final question for you because I know I got my other guests on the line. Um, you know, the word "defund" um, has been thrown around a lot. Defund the police, and and there's there's two sides of it, and I, I have concerns. There, and, and I mentioned this to to you and Virgil weeks ago when we talked about that word. That mainstream and people who want to do the the boogeyman, the scare tactics, tactics. Um, say that to fund that there's not going to be any police officers on the planet and it's just going to be lawlessness and, and everything else. Now, you do have, like your colleague in Seattle who resigned because of the monies that were shifted away from the budget and you have situations like that. I get that. Certainly if uh, she didn't feel, an African-American woman especially, that didn't feel that you know she would be able to do her job effectively with those those cuts. But then the other side of this, Chief, if you will, um, quickly, is the fact that you have the protesters who want 
They demand. They don't even ask. They demand change in terms of getting these bad officers off there, having these curriculums and programs, making sure you get the right officers in place. Um, and and it's been hijacked by these snooty liberal people that don't live into these neighborhoods that want to 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 take all these these funds away and and sort of you know handcuff you if you will people like yourself um and they don't have to live in the urban cities they don't they never been in the hood nobody by nature said if you ain't never been in the ghetto stay the bleep out of the ghetto they've never been there before but they can come in with the liberal ways in terms of the snooty ways and 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 push policy and then they go back to the little suburb area so speak to that because that's another part of it i'm not saying i um, there, there's not um, the need to bring forth extreme change, as I said. Right. But we also have to be careful yes, on sir. how we do this, this this restructuring, not the defunding, but reorganizing is probably a better term of these right. agencies across the country. Well, L.A., I'm going to tell you right now, be careful what you ask for. And I, I'm, I'm like you. I think a lot of people is that vocal minority that they there there's a there's a there's an item out there. They jumped on that bandwagon. They have no idea what they're talking about. Reorging, absolutely. Defunding, no. What are you going to do? They don't want the police gone. This is what's really sexy right now. This is what's getting attention. If I say this, I'm going to get five minutes worth of, of of media attention. They real people. The people who are saying that. They've never had to utilize the police. They've never, they've never, they've never encountered the police. And if it was, it was minimal. They've never, they've never had to stare down a barrel of a gun. They've never had their home broken into. They've never had a loved one that they've lost that's been, uh, that's, uh, that's been violated. They've never had, they, they've, they've only heard about it and they've seen it on TV. These are individuals that don't get it. And so the, I'm thankful that you have more people that say, let's, to sit down with police chiefs and city officials and say, let's reorg and talk about what we can do better. But this defunding thing, these, these individuals saying that, they haven't a clue what we do. Yeah, and, and we have to be careful. I'm not talking about the protesters. I'm not talking about the ones who really want real comprehensive right. change, right. get Absolutely. the bad elements Absolutely. out. We're not talking about them because those are the ones that they, get it. What I'm saying is, and I think you're saying is that uh, it's been hijacked by people who want to jump on it, yes. coming yes. into neighborhoods that don't know what's really going on, and using Absolutely. that word and then using it to to an extreme where you have good police chiefs like your colleague resign, and we could possibly see more of that, and that would be right. a shame. Uh, yeah, we're not talking about Chief the Black Humphrey, Lives Matter movement or anything like that. We're talking about individuals who are opportunists. That's what we're talking about. Right, right. Absolutely. Chief, uh, listen, I appreciate you. If, uh, if Folks, if you get a chance on Tuesdays, check out You and the Law. It airs on uh, Blog Talk Radio at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. And, of course, it uh, also, if you missed the rebroadcast, go to our website, thebachelornews.airtime.pro. That show airs at 4 a.m. and 7 p.m. Eastern Time. It's you and the Law, co-hosts of that Chief of Police, uh, Chief Keith Humphrey in Little Rock, Arkansas. Of course, Virgil Green, as well as the other hosts, couldn't be here. Thank you, Chief. Be safe. Be well. Love you, man. Appreciate your time. Love you, too, man. God bless. Thanks, Chief. Take a break. Get to our next guest. Could talk us switch gears a little bit um, and talk more about the coronavirus. Greetings and great day, everyone. 
I am Elder Janelle Strickland, host of the Life Cafe radio broadcast from Maximizing Life Family Worship Center. I invite you to tune in every Saturday from 5 to 6 p.m. Tune in, maximize your life with the Word of God, and be blessed. Only on the Bachelor News Radio Network. Thanks to all of us and all of you listening and 646-929-0130, the number to get in touch with us, press 1 to get on the line. Questions, comments, the chat room is open and so is Facebook Live at Pad Nation. You can hit us up at LA Bachelor or at um, Pad Nation to, to watch and listen live. And of course, uh, on Pad Nation 2 at Twitter, uh, Instagram, ask questions and uh, we'll be happy to answer those for you want to go to my guest he is the senior pastor at maximizing life family worship center in greensboro north carolina you heard the the uh, promo uh the life cafe that airs every saturday 5 p.m eastern time on our our website the bachelor news dot airtime dot pro he is pastor omar rojas and, and pastor rojas uh I hope all is well with you. Thank you for joining us, and hope all you and your family and your uh, your church is doing well, sir. Yes, sir. All is well. Everybody's safe and and doing great. Thank that's thank God for that, sir. I you know I always want to have you on to, to ask you the tough questions, <laughs> and okay. you know I I think you know you're very very well equipped to, to handle those and the, those discussions. And, you know, uh, a group of us that started talking about, you know, when you have studies and, and Bible studies and things and you have these conversations, you you know, people uh, have these discussions, not to tear anyone down, but, uh, you know, in a lot of cases right. to challenge ourselves. The word is the word, right? But to yes. challenge ourselves. And one of the conversations was once saved, always saved. Uh, right. And, you know, just in doing the research, you know better than I, sir, um, you know, about the scriptures that can refer to, you know, for or against believe or not believe. I mean, you can go to Romans 8, you know, talking about there is therefore no, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You can go to Romans 8. You can go to Romans a lot, Ephesians, you know, oh, yeah. uh, John, Second Timothy. There are a lot of reasons to believe that if you are saved, you're always saved. And it has nothing to do 
with um, uh, a, a sort of falling out with God, if you will, you have that salvation, but more so maybe backsliding. So to, to talk about the scripture that, the, well, what you believe based on the word that you understand and why you believe in and, and those scriptures that kind of line up with it. Right. So um, I, I guess I am, uh, I guess maybe part of the new age person, believer. I'm not sure how, how exactly to say that. Um, right. But I, I, I do believe, um, uh, like, you know, like the Bible says in Romans, uh, you know, 10 and 9, you know, if, if you believe, if you believe and confess, you know, then then you shall be saved. Um, so I, I do believe, I guess, uh, for uh, lack of better terms, once saved, always saved, um, because it is a matter of belief and confession. Um, you know, even John, you know, 3.16, uh, super familiar passage of scripture, right? But, you know, it, it right. talks about, you know, if we believe, and then we shall not perish. Um. So there's, uh, as you were saying, there's probably, uh, not literally, but there's a, a million scriptures that, you know, would would uh, talk about, you know, the, the belief and having eternal life. Um, and so, you know, I, I guess to say <laughs> um, it's more so really, uh, wow, I guess I would challenge a, a belief. Uh, you know, whether you really truly, whether a person would, you know, believe uh, truly, um, you know, on him, you know, because I guess the, the, the biggest argument uh, would be, you know, well, if I believe, if I confess with my mouth, you know, the Lord Jesus and I'm saved, uh, Romans 10 and 9, then, you know, then I can just, you know, <laughs> live whatever life. And because I confess, you know, and, and, and I, I believe in, that I'm saved. Well, you know, that's, you know, that sounds right, you know, but when, you, like, like you know, good old cliche, you know, when you know better, you do better. Right. You know, so when you really do believe, then, then, then you do things differently. You don't continue to do the same things when you really believe something. So, so just to be clear, you you believe once saved always saved but but not practicing not trying to not um continuing to to deliberately live in sin is that what you're saying or right. am I getting right. it wrong okay right yeah i know i was jumping around okay. a bit <laughs> no that's fine that's fine um it's just i wanted to make sure i was clear on what you're saying because you know one of the one of the, the issues that uh, non-believers have, uh, a pastor, it seems, is that they would say, they would say, and even some scholars that research say that sometimes that the Bible can be, can seem sort of contradictory. I mean, for mm -hmm. all the scriptures that that refer to once save, always save, and that belief, you know, what about the passages that seem to refer to a person losing salvation? Uh, uh, I mean, First Corinthians 3.12 and Hebrews say refers to the potential loss 
you know, and believers in the, the afterlife. I mean, 13, I think, says, if I, if I could pull it up, said he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. Um, you know, 1 Corinthians 3.14 says every believer will enter to heaven. The difference is the context regarding that is the believer, if they would receive it or not. Hebrews 6 talks about uh, uh, different interpretations of that. So what do you say to those who could grab some scriptures and say, well, you know, that's not necessarily true, and here's why, which is always seems to be uh, sort of a way that people kind of want to, I think, use, in my opinion, an excuse not to believe anyway. But there are people right. who will go through the scriptures and say, no, Pastor, I understand, but no, it's this, because here's why. And they go to different scriptures. Right. And, and, and uh, you know, we can, we can, I literally could jump on the other side of the fence and, <laughs> and um, argue against myself. <laughs> you know what I mean? Wow. Um, you know, at, at, at the end of the day, you know, it's, it's, it's really about our, our personal convictions, you know, our, our personal relationship with God. Um, I, I think, you know, in the church, outside of the church, we, um, you know, we, 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 we debate and argue about, about, you know, things where it just causes this big, great, you know, separation and, uh, you know, we have to be really, really mindful of that. Um, but I, again, could, uh, you know, hate to use this word, but I could counter those scriptures with, with scriptures as well. Um, you know, with, you know, scriptures that will, will say, well, hey, you know, well, if you, uh, again, there's a whole lot in Romans. You know, you're saying, you know, you've given some in Romans 3 and we got, like you said, Romans 8. Therefore, now there's, you know, no condemnation in sin which my personal uh, uh, way of saying that is I did it, but I didn't do it. Um, <laughs> uh, you mm. know, again, Romans 10, Romans 10 and eight. Um, but then Paul, you know, talks about these, um, like in Romans five, where he talks about how, you know, sin increases, but grace increases even the more. Uh, but then in, in Romans six and six and one, because it's like, okay, well, he says sin increases, but grace will increase. So that means I can do what I want, and then God's grace is, you know, as 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 Paul would say, you know, His His grace is sufficient. It'll it'll, it'll cover sin, absolutely, you know, um, you know. But uh, you know, like Romans six and one, um, yeah, I, I, I'm just looking at it. it. Says, what shall we say right. to all this? You know, should we continue in sin and practice sin as a habit so that God's gift of grace may increase and overflow? Verse 2, certainly not. How can we? The very ones who died to sin continue to live it, uh, live in it any longer. Or are we ignorant of the fact that all of us have been baptized in, in uh, Christ Jesus, were baptized into his death? We have therefore been buried with him through baptism into death so that Jesus as, Jesus as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory and power of the Father. Uh, we too might walk habitually in newness of life. Um, you know, Again, when when I when I confess and I believe, then I'm moving away from I am moving away essentially from that intentional stuff. You know, when I'm just, you know, I'm just intentionally going. I'm just going. You know what? I believe Jesus is. You know, he's my Lord and Savior. He got up on the third day. You know, so on and so forth. 
um, you know, we confess that with our mouth and and I believe it, but I'm going to intentionally continue to live my life within, again, as I said in the beginning, I have to challenge my belief because when I believe it, I don't want to do anything that will, uh, you know, make his work on the cross in vain, if that makes sense. Absolutely. And I, I guess, too, uh, uh, Pastor, again, I, I leave all the the uh, the biblical and uh, the pastoral stuff to you, but it almost sounds like you're saying once saved, always saved for some is a crutch because if they feel that, then – and some, right, they think because they're mm-hmm. saved, then it almost gives them license in their mind – Right. That it's okay to sin, or if I said, well, you know, I'm saved anyway, so it's okay. And no, it's not, you know, because uh, at the end of the day, as I was just saying, you know, we're, we're making his work on, on on the cross, you know, almost in vain, you know. Um, right. You know, it's like, excuse me, with any relationship, um, you know, with you know, with a loved one, we, we're doing our very best to make sure that we're not, you know, violating, you know, you know, say a husband and wife or whatever, we're just putting that, you know, type of relationship, relationship out there. Um, you know, we're doing our very best to make sure that we're not violating that relationship. Um, you know, so again, hey, I'm, I, I'm going to, you know, whatever that person needs you know, for me to trust them, I'm willing to do that because I want I want to be in this relationship. And so, you know, we, we do what we you know what, what's necessary to 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 make sure that that other person is pleased with us. So, you know, when I really believe and 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 really have entered into a relationship with God, then then I am going to you know make the necessary changes. Does that mean I'm not going to you know mess up? No, that doesn't mean that. Uh, but it also means that I, I know how to go to that person. I know how to go to God and say, hey, God, I messed up. You know, uh, you know, uh, you know, for, for um, not really knowing how to put it, but, you know, I won't do it again. I'm, I'm basically just saying repent. You know, I'm not going to do it again. I'm going to turn away from it because I know how this makes you feel. And it makes me feel some kind of way, making you feel bad. So I'm not going to do that. You know, so again, because like the Bible says, all have sinned and fallen short, you know, but I'm acknowledging and say, hey, God, I messed up. I'm not going to do this again. You forgive me. Mm. I won't do this. If you're just joining us, we're talking to Pastor Omar Rojas, a pastor at Maximizing Life Family Worship Center in Greensboro, North Carolina. Uh, also the host uh, or the, the broadcast, the Life Cafe broadcast that airs on our website, our, our uh, network of thebachelornews.airtime.pro on Saturdays at 5 p.m. Eastern. A very, very good uh, program uh, you, you do need to uh, check out. Uh, Pastor Rojas, two, two things. Um, is it if if once save always save uh, is is salvation? I'm gonna get back to that in a second. Um, but people, I mean, like you said, we all fall short, so we, we're sinners, you know, by birth, but saved by grace. But right. if if they do deliberately sin, then are they really saved? Because again, I don't know. You know better than I. Right. 
uh, and I don't want to feel like people think I'm preaching or anything, but from what my understanding <laughs> is, is that if, you know, you're convicted and that conviction is supposed to be the Holy Spirit. So if you're convicted and you still right. sin, are you really, are you really saved? Right. Uh, well, yeah, you know, it's, it's where the whole intention comes. You know what I mean? Um, am, am I just intentionally doing it? You know, and, and that kind of goes back to that, you know, Romans uh, it's 8 and 1, you said, and of course, I, I kind of gave my own <laughs> uh, interpretation of it. I did it, but I didn't do it. You know, right. um, you know, that's where that comes in where, you know, I messed up, but I'm not going to let that keep me. I'm going I'm to keep, you know, pushing forward. God, right. forgive me. I'm, you know, asking for your forgiveness. And I believe his grace, you know, is is sufficient to cover what it is, but now, when I continue to, you know, when I'm intentionally, okay, I just keep doing this, then, then, well, now I got a question whether you, you know, you know, do I really love God or do I really believe? Because I keep doing, you know, the, the same thing over and over again. So, you know, again, the question is, you know, where's my intent? You know, where, where really is my belief? Is struggle part of that, though? It, I mean, it, you know, if there's someone has an addiction, whatever the addiction is, or, you know, they're trying to do right, but they just they just can't get right. to where they with, need to be, with, and they, that same issue or problem seems to keep – does that – is that sort of like, using my terms, is that sort of points for good towards God? Like, I'm trying, Lord, I'm trying, that kind of thing. Right, but but <laughs> – and and I don't want to sound like uh, super insensitive, but you know, uh, how how are we trying? You know, right? Um, are are we really going through the the, the process of trying? Um, you know, because uh, <laughs> part of trying means you know what I'm you know especially with struggle because I you know I've struggled with things and and even struggle with things now. Um, but, you know, am, am I purposely, you know, on purpose trying to do better? Like, am I eliminating all of these things that I can't, that I have to out of my life so that I'm really putting forth a, a valiant, a valiant effort, you know, because when I'm putting forth that valiant effort, that's when, you know, again, I believe you know that that that's when his grace comes to 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 really help us because we put forth that that effort you know it's like paul you know when when it talks about um um where he, you know he says i i besought the lord three thrice three times you know about this this thorn in my side this thorn in my flesh and, and right. he talks about it being this messenger of satan sent to sent to bust at me you know, and and then you know he has this conversation with God, and 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 he finds out well, you know, well when I'm I'm weak, I'm really strong. Why? Because of His grace. So he goes on to say His grace is sufficient. So knowing that in His weak place that God's strength is available, He's now saying, okay, when I'm weak, I'm knowing His strength is available. I'm going to tap into it, and His and, and tapping into His, you know, God's grace or His strength is helping me to overcome 
you know, this struggle. It's helping me to overcome in that weak moment. Not to say that I might not have that thing to my my mouth or, or you know, have that thing in my hand. Not saying that it might not hit my hand or, you know, or, or it's not going to hit my mouth, but I, I, I won't follow all the way through. Mm. If you're just joining us, talking with Pastor Omar Rojas here, um, a senior pastor at Maximizing Life Family Worship, and of course the overseer uh, of the Life Cafe broadcast that airs on Saturdays 5 p.m. at the BachelorNews.airtime.pro uh, broadcast 5 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, uh, pastor, so when you look at the, the grace and being saved, how can a believer have assurance of salvation? I mean. You know, it seems as though the Bible commands Christians uh, we have to take a look at ourselves and just to ensure, I guess, truly in our faith, right? So, um, and right. do sort of a, uh, we're not being self-deceived, thinking that we are. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. Obviously, you you know, the confessing with your, um, believe it, confessing with your mouth, believing your heart, and you're saved. But, but yeah. self-determination, uh, um, if you are, but even Paul said, examine yourselves, right? So, yeah. so how how do people have assurances with everything that you said of that self salvation? It's like a sort of like a checklist, if you will. <laughs> right. Uh, listen, I, I, I'll, you know, I'll preach this in a minute. We have to, you know, take that that, that self inventory. We have to, you know, look at our lives, uh, you know, circumspectly, um, you know, to to make sure that we are, you know, to a certain degree, you know, dotting every I and crossing every T, if you will. Um, but, you know, how, how do I have the insur- uh, assurance, rather, um, is, is, you know, everything is always going to be word-based. So I got to go to the word. But again, it, it, it all comes with my belief. So, you know, you know, there's so many things that, well, it's not so many, but there's a few things that, that you know, impact our, you know, belief systems. We have, uh, you know, credible others, people we trust, uh, you know, repetitious information, um, and and even experiences. Um, so these are the things that that shape and mold our you know our belief system. And so uh, you know if if we're really going to uh, you know again shape and mold it, well then I need to you know as we said credible others. I need to get around people that <laughs> you know that that believe like I believe you know right. uh, to to help fortify my belief. Uh, you know you know repetitious information. So I'm going to get into the word. You know, and 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 look at scriptures, you know, repeatedly, like John three sixteen, um, you know, like uh, you know, First John five thirteen. I'm just kind of throwing these out here. Uh, sure. Romans five twenty, uh, Jude one twenty four. He says he's able to keep us from stumbling, from falling. Uh, uh, John ten uh, ten uh, verse twenty eight, where he talks about no one can snatch us out of God's hand. Um, Philippians 1 and 6, he who begun a good work in us will complete it to the day of salvation. Um, you know, and and we could continue to go on, but we have to, uh, you know, constantly, you know, put those scriptures, put that word of God in us because it's going to, uh, again, help to shape and mold and, uh, and, and shape and mold our belief system. So the more that I, I get it in me, the more I believe it, you know, because it's, again, just repetitious uh, information. Mm. You know, getting some feedback from people that um, he didn't um, say, he didn't say the scripture, I don't think. Um, 
I'm just kind of mm-hmm. uh, uh, reading it, and he uh, says, uh, the, the emailer says, a person who has done um, uh, Acts 16.31, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Joel 2.32, a person who has done this born, is born again. John 3.3, 3, he says, is regenerated by the Holy Spirit. John 3.5, right. so that they no longer reject God's ways. It's, it's just, it, it seems as though, and I guess go back to just in closing, it, it, it really sounds like in um, what you're saying is once saved, always saved, but doing that, that self-examination and what your intentions are, um, right. Really having that, I guess that conviction. You, we call it the Holy Spirit, and and it, and it's a daily, a daily walk, right? So if you're right. in, embedded, if you're grounded into the Scripture, then I think that helps. But I, I, I think someone said emailed. Well, if you teach it the wrong thing, I'll leave you with this, and you can comment on this. Someone said that. Uh, well, if if a pastor is, is um, you know, teaching the wrong thing, then they have blood on their hands. And uh-huh. I don't know how you respond to that because, it, I mean, it, again, I, I would think, Pastor, again, you're the pastor. If you're grounded in the word, you 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 know, and you can rebuke that because you know that's not right if you're studying the word. So I don't know. I mean, I guess if you're, if if a pastor is, you know, blatantly, Teaching his congregation the wrong thing, right. Um, right. then that's right. blood has. But go ahead. Absolutely. Because we do have, uh, we do have, you know, those, you know, pastors, preachers, or you know, whatever title we want to give it today, um, that 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 usurp their authority and teach uh, their own doctrine, you know, uh, just in order to get people to to, to follow them, you know. Um, and so, so yeah, those are those are the you know the false teachers. Um, and but yeah, absolutely, we there, there are are excuse me false teachers among us. And you know, as as the emailer said, um, you know, teaching the wrong thing will will definitely you know put blood on a on a on a false teacher's hands. And so you know, all the more reason why you know as as pastors you know leaders in the church whatever. Uh, you know that that you know that we make sure that we study to show ourselves approved, a worker that needed not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And when we when we look at the Bible, when we read the Bible, when we get understanding of the Bible, and 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 have a uh, personal relationship with God, you know, we'll find out. You know that that you know when I believe and confess, I'm saved. And 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 it's just that when I believe and confess, um, part you know again part of the problem is, is we have a lot of people that are just confessing and not believing, and so that's why we can live our lives haphazardly mm. because we're just confessing and not believing. You know, mm. oh well, I said it. Yeah, you said it, but did you really believe it? Because when you believe it, you'll make a change, and you'll live your life accordingly. Gotcha. Uh, right. I, I got another the conviction comes. Right. I got uh, my other guests on the line, but I do want to ask you this before you go. Well, I just want you to comment on it that I guess to your point when we were talking about false prophets and things, um, mm-hmm. uh, the emailer, e- emailer Wayne in Atlanta said, 
you know, um, church gets a bad rap when you have pastors doing illegal things or sex scandals, uh, et cetera. Um, I mean, you can comment on that if you if you like, sir. It's, it's very true, um, and, and, and it's unfortunate. And so we have a lot of people that are, um, you know, don't, don't trust the church or, or, you know, let me, let me rephrase that. Uh, we have a lot of people with, you know, quote unquote, you know, church hurt, you know? Um, right. <laughs> and so, you know, sure. we, we gotta be really careful, you know, you know, what we call hurt, you know? Um, because, you know, if I, if I, <laughs> this may sound funny, it may not. Um, if I slip and fall at Walmart, does that mean I got Walmart hurt? Right, or you just hurt. Um, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'm just, I just slipped and fell, and so right. I don't blame where I was, you know, for the reason why I got hurt. Um, you know, I, 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 I slipped and fell because maybe there was something on the floor, or, or you know, maybe I didn't watch my step, you know. But I don't, you know. So you know, I, I, I got to be mindful. I, I might have got hurt at the church, but it was, uh, and I'm talking about physical. Um, you know, right. I, I might have got hurt at the church, but it was a person at the church. And I know somebody's going to say, well, you know, we are the church. You're, you're, you're absolutely right. We, we do make up the church. Uh, but when we're talking about church, hurt, we're talking about where it was. And we and, 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 and we stopped going to the place because it happened at the church, you know. So, so you know, we're going to keep it where it is. You know, I got hurt right. by an immature person at the church. Right. Um, and so that's like a whole different topic for another day, possibly. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. And, and or, you know, it might have just it probably maybe wasn't the church for you. It could have, you know, I mean, again, Absolutely. that that I believe that's all that's all in, in you know, that that whole walk. I mean, you're just going to be in a place you need to be, you know, so maybe this wasn't for that person. But I, I, I think that um, a lot of people uh, com- complain for the sake of complaining. Uh, that's right. our, our nature. That's our nature. Right. You know, it's, it's the reason why reality TV works because people like to see other people miserable. I mean, to be honest right. about it. So, right about it. you know, people are looking right. for stuff to say. Uh, Pastor uh, Omar Rojas, of course, he is the uh, senior pastor at Maximizing Life Family Worship Center in Greensboro, North Carolina, the good city of Greensboro. I used to live there. Uh, and, of course, the Life Cafe broadcast that airs Saturdays uh, at 5 p.m. Eastern on our website. You have to listen. Always a good message uh, and a, a very relaxed atmosphere. Uh, it's at thebachelornews.airtime.pro, thebachelornews.airtime.pro. Pastor, anything you want to – final thing you want to say, sir? Uh, no, sir. No, sir. I, I, I'm just glad. Uh, uh, thank you for the invite. Always a pleasure to be uh, on with you tackling uh, some, some pretty tough subjects, it seems. <laughs> yeah, I always say hey, that. Well, I have a lot of respect for you, sir. And so that's why we want you on the, t- the tough pastors with the tough tough topics. That's what we like to do. So <laughs> thank you so much, sir. God bless. And uh, we'll talk with you soon and uh, look forward to your broadcast this uh, coming Saturday. Yes, sir. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you. Absolutely. Pastor Omar Rojas, always good to have him on the Maximizing Life Family Worship Center in Greensboro, North Carolina, and the broadcast, Life Cafe broadcast, airs Saturdays at 5 p.m. Eastern at thebachelornews.airtime.pro. Take a 
a break and come back. Patiently waiting on the line. We'll get to our next guest on the Bachelor News Radio Show and the Bachelor News Radio Network, WCOM and Chapel Hill, North Carolina. I want to introduce to you right now a close friend and brother. To me, he is one of the best interpreters of song and spoken word. My friend, Pastor Marvin Wyman. Be blessed. Everybody say amen. God has spoken. So let the church say
Welcome back to the pad, uh, the Bastard News Radio Show on the Bastard News Radio Network and WCOM in Chapel Hill. And, of course, uh, the Bastard News Radio Network, thanks to all of our guests. I want to bring in uh, my guest, of course, he is the Director of Athletics um, and uh, doing a, a phenomenal job there uh, at Florida Memorial University. He is Ernie, is Ernest T. Jones, and Mr. Jones, I hope all is well with you and your family, all, all the Lions family down there, and, and we thank you for coming on, and thanks for your patience. Oh, uh, L.A., thanks for having us. It's truly the next day at Florida Memorial University. Very excited to come on your show and spend a little bit of time with you. We'll really appreciate it. Absolutely. So it, I have to ask this. I, I, I'm always going to ask the questions, the, the, the tough questions, as you know, sir. Um, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the um, schools, in particular NCAA's, uh, you got a couple of Power Fives. Certainly, you got HBCUs that have decided not to play. We've seen the likes of uh, uh, some HBCUs um, and some of the big schools. Notre Dame had 150 cases. Michigan State, some of these big time programs, and of course. Some of the smaller ones have had issues with COVID-19, people being infected, and and reading on your site and and the emails I got, I understand that there are things in place to protect not only your student athletes but those who are on campus, your administrators, all your coaches, whoever is there. So I ask you, what went into the belief, the reasoning to sort of buck half of the, the college life out there and decide to play football and, and continue your fall sports, volleyball and everything else? Uh, yeah, LA, that's a great question. I definitely appreciate the question, and we'll give you as much transparency as we can with that. Uh, first and foremost, as we move into the next day, which is where we are at Florida Memorial, the health and safety of our staff and our student-athletes is at the forefront of every decision that we make. So we don't make any decisions without thinking about their health and their safety. And Florida Memorial University has not closed down, which I told you that a few months ago, since March when the COVID began. Our doors have been open because we are here to service these students, not just the students-athletes, but students in general. And not all students can get back to their home places or their homelands. So we uh, made a commitment to these to these young people, to these students, to keep our doors open and to keep them safe. We are, in fact, one of the safest uh, places, venues, if you will, in South Florida, in our opinion. Um, we've had very uh, limited amount of cases throughout the entire, entire COVID. In fact, uh, just in the student-athlete population, we've tested over 300 uh, students and staff, and we've come back with 
or six positive tests. If you go all around this nation, uh, that's unheard of. That's that that's pretty good. So that means that we're doing some great things with uh, health and safety. We do have all, all of the mechanisms in place in regards to uh, temperature checks and, and hand sanitizers. You know, we bomb our buildings uh, at least two times a day where we have to leave the buildings and sanitize the buildings. We have uh, 20, not 24 hours, but all day service. So when we enter the building, when we leave, there's someone from facilities in our building washing doorknobs and handles and spraying down things and cleaning things. You know, every time we have a workout or a shoot around in the gym in a weight room, you know, we have to leave out to get it disinfected. So we're doing all the things, masks, gloves, face shields, all of those things are in place. You know, when you talk about playing sports and you talk about uh, some of the other schools, you know, there's some things that, you know, just a normal common person may not know. Uh, we made a decision as a as a NAIA and as a league here at, in the Mid-South and the Sun Conference to play. But one of the reasons why we can play and others don't is all of our games are here in the state of Florida. So we're not getting on any airplanes. We're not spending overnight anywhere. We can go three hours or less, and we can go play at all of our games. So we feel like we can safely get our teams to the sports sites, to the competition sites to compete. That was one of the reasons why we decided to play. And one of the bigger reasons is that our student athletes and our coaches wanted to play. And sometimes you have to listen to them and hear their voices. They're the ones out there blood, sweating, and tearing, but we're sitting around the table and we're making the decisions. What we're doing is we're going to make sure that we ensure their health and safety, but they said they want to play. And if you listen to some of the NCAA athletes and coaches, they want to play as well too. But some of the people sitting around the table are deciding not to. But at the end of the day, we feel as a conference, not just as Florida Memorial University, we feel that we can safely transport our student athletes and our staff to the site competitions, play the games, keep them healthy, keep them safe, and get them back home. That's one of the reasons why we decided to play. Well, there's a couple of things I want to unwrap there. Um, uh, just, again, and just just playing advocate here, uh, Mr. Jones, it uh first florida just today had the largest uh increase of covid-19 florida is also i believe second to california in cases number 1 number 2 my kids may want to go out and play and my kids may want to go out may want to buy sneakers that i say no so 18 year olds can say they want to play but they don't get to make the decision they're 18 year olds uh, the the staff and everybody else should make those decisions um uh, and additionally and, and again it's not just your your um school because you have international school uh, kids so they can't get away but the player, the the football players, the volleyball players, the fall players can get away. So I, people would understand that those who have to be there because they just can't get back home, uh, especially traveling with the COVID nineteen. We understand that, but why bring in the the athletes and and put them at risk at that point? And again, it's 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 a a conference thing, but. I'm not speaking to the conference respectively. I'm speaking to you. So why why put those athletes 
in that position. The people have to be on the campus. They have to be there, and then you make those precautions. But why put the fall athletes in, in any added risk at this point? All right. Another great question, but let me go back to what you said because I want to make sure that we're clear because I did not say that the, the athletes and the coaches made the decision. What I said is that we as administrators, we listened to our athletes and our coaches and what their opinion was. The decision was made was, was made by the administrators uh, at the national level from the NEIA and at, by the administrators from the conference level. So we ultimately made those decisions under president. So, but sure, but, uh, but with, with respect to that, though, you had mentioned, if you mentioned that these students want to play and then you mentioned other athletes across the country want to play, the the inference, the assumption is that they have some influence on your decision. If you're going to bring that up, okay. Well, the assumption I can't I can't control what you assume. I'm giving okay. you the facts, and what I said gotcha. is that we listened to our players and we listened to our coaches. I was matter of factly I said that. And there's okay. nothing wrong with us listening to them. That's the difference between good administrations when you do listen to the people who who you oversee. But back to what you said is that the conference, the NAIA and the Sun Conference and the Mid-South, we again feel that we can safely play. We feel that we can do it in a safe manner, and we feel that we can protect each other. Again, all of us have mechanisms in place as how we have to consistently test, how we have to consistently monitor. Like, we have all agreed to do these things, and we feel that if we do these things, our athletes will be safe. At the same time, when you say bring them back to campus, the, these kids, these students want to go to campus. They're college students, not just athletes, regular students. You see it on the news every day where these students are complaining because they were packing their bags and they were ready to go back to campus. They want to get that in-person feel. They want to be in front of their professors. They want to be around some of their classmates. They want to enjoy the college experience. And we believe that that's something that we want to support here in our conference. Right, and I and I get that. And I just go back to again, um, you know, ifs and buts, and berries and nuts. The world would be a perfect place. A lot of people want a lot of things, but ultimately, as you mentioned, administration has to make that decision. Can student or athletes or just college people? Heck, uh, elementary, high school kids want to get back to their, and it's important to have that social interaction. I get that, but. Again, the safety and the, the other thing. Let me ask you about the uh, the place that you guys are going to be playing uh, in Miami Gardens. Is that what is is the situation? Because everything's in Florida. Is it going to be in sort of this NBA NHL type of bubble situation where everybody's playing in one place, or you're playing in different places and you're kind of keeping everything within maybe one or two venues? No, we're going to play. All of the, the institutions who are playing, so we have 12 teams in our league. And right. if we have a home game, the home game will be held here in Miami Gardens at our home site. If we have to go on the road to a team in our conference, we'll go play at their sites. You know, the, the limitations will be with the people that we allow in to watch us play. Right now, it'll be like the just the teams will be playing. So the teams will get to play because those are the ones that we know 
uh, are healthy, if you will, been tested, et cetera, et cetera. And then we can decide as we go through if we want to allow the families of the team, if we want to allow fans from the communities. But we're going to start off and we're going to play the games in front with just the team. Okay. So that the, so that right. the kids get the opportunity to still compete and play their sports. Right. So that would be the only us- bubble-like thing, which what you're saying is that they won't be playing in front of anybody, but they'll still be playing. Okay. We're talking with Ernest T. Jones. He's the director of athletics at Florida Memorial University here on the Bachelor News Radio Show on the Bachelor News Radio Network. Uh, and so um, is there with the league, I know you can't speak for the whole conference. You can speak for Florida Memorial and athletics at, at the athletic side. It, but is there a plan B, God forbid, that, say, uh, a, a school tests positive and then you have to adjust your schedule and and things of that nature? Is there any plan B involved? Let's, let's say specifically to, to, Florida, to Florida Memorial University, is a plan B if, God forbid, something happens along those lines? Absolutely. Another great question. I'm glad you asked. Not only is there a plan B, but there's a plan C. Again, you have Mm. to look a little bit further than what the normal person would see. This couldn't be approved. There's not a president in our conference that would have approved this. There's not a commissioner in our league that would approve it. We have to say, what happens if this happens? This is plan number one, A, as you stated. Then we'll move to plan B, and then we have a plan C. So we have three active plans that we're ready to activate and pivot to if needed. But we definitely are prepared for whatever's going to happen, whatever could happen. We have three plans that's ready to go. Is there any plan that you could share, like a part B, plan B, that you could share if, if something happens? I, I know you got B and C and probably D, really. But uh, is there anything that you could share with the audience in terms of that? I guess the best way for me to, sh- to tell you is that the health and safety of our staff and our student athletes is at the forefront of every decision that we make. We're Mm. never going to endanger our staff or our students from a health and safety standpoint. And every one of our plans has health and safety at the forefront of those, uh, of those plans. Have you been in, in any of the conversations at that level? Uh, I'm assuming you have, you being the AD. Uh, And if so, uh, there's always going to be, uh, as you know, being in an administration, there's always going to be liabilities, and you have the legalities, and you have your attorneys and stuff. So again, if something does happen, is the the conference prepared to, you know, to 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 deal with that? Because uh, I, the the one thing I want to stress to you is that um, I believe in the smaller conferences, and and yours being. You know, HBCU bound and NAIA, I certainly believe in it. The SEC can have COVID-19 infections and people get sick and they just write a check. But, you know, the the, the, the conference that you're in, it it could be really damaging financially if something happens. So are you guys prepared for that if that takes place? Yeah, I, I, would, I would say not necessarily knowing exactly where you're going, but because we're a university and every team in our conference is a university and we play under the NAIA, 
uh, we're all prepared to follow all rules and regulations that, that are within our conference and anything that were to happen and if we would be prepared to, to be responsible for whatever happens per the rules and regulations set forth by our, our, our conference. So that would be the best way I can answer that, not knowing exactly okay, no, what you mean. Right. I'm not trying to say that you wouldn't. Anything. I'm just saying if basically if you get a, a, a rash of COVID-19 and, you know, parents are saying, oh, you know, and uh, they're going to sue, you know, that kind of thing. Are you guys, yeah, is that part of your C and plan B and C and all that kind of yeah. stuff? Well, I'll, well, I'll refer back to a statement you said a few minutes ago about playing a what-if game, if this, if that, when this, when. I don't want to sit here and play the what-if game. What I will tell you is that we're going to play sports this fall, our men's and women's soccer team, our football team, our cheer team, our volleyball team, and we'll all be competing, and, we, and we're ready to go. And we're going to keep health okay. and safety at the forefront of every decision that we make. Absolutely. So you guys, uh, you you open up, if I'm not mistaken, in October now um, against Kaiser at Miami Gardens. No, no, no. What no. We, we open okay. up our, our championship volleyball team, defending championship, opens up uh, versus uh, Southeastern September the 5th. And our okay. football team will play the first game ever in the history of the school over 61 years later on September the 12th. So we're 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 kicking off September the 5th and September the 12th. Okay, I, I looked at it wrong. September 12th with Kaiser and, and, and West Palm. How excited are you guys to, to play your first ever football game there, uh, you know, in September? Oh, very excited. Uh, you know, if you get a chance, go look at our website. Go look at the social media. There's some clips out there. I mean, those kids are getting after it. Uh, they look good out there. You know, they go every day, about 2, 2.30. They're out there practicing. Energy is high. The coaches are running around. The kids are flying around. Uh, today they were in helmets and shoulder pads. I think they got one more day in helmets and shoulder pads, and they'll go full gear on Saturday and uh, probably do their first scrimmage. So uh, it's pretty good right now. The energy is high. There's been a lot of people coming uh, to, to view them, in particular the staff members on campus, because we practice on campus. So when you hear hear them out there going, people want to come see. And then I'm, I'm not sure if you know L.A., but our band is coming. So the band is out there practicing too. So you got the horns playing, and I mean it's, it's a live and vibrant campus right now with our athletes and our band on campus. Our kids report back on the 24th. So Monday school will open August 24th, and it'll really be live and vibrant on our campus. Oh my God! So you guys doing that midnight? Uh, uh, what they call it? I know basketball does it, but they, are you planning a big on-campus like rally? Uh, maybe the weekend before, a couple of days before. Oh yeah, yeah. We have a we have a great week in store as we bring this football team in. So it's going to be exciting. Uh, we got a great week next week when the when the students come back. You know, you know how it is. The first week of school, there'll be multiple activities going on each and every day throughout the day in the evening. And, and as we get into game week, uh, we're going we got some things in store. So uh, we're moving forward. I mean, we're going to try to stay positive. We're going to try to stay encouraged. We're going to start try to stay safe and healthy. But uh, we're excited to, to play Kaiser in football on September 12th. We're even more excited for our women volleyball team to defend their conference championship September 5th versus Southeastern. Well, listen, all the best and, and well well thoughts and well well thinking. You guys, like you said, you be safe, 
be careful, and I, I wish you uh, best of luck not only on the, the volleyball championship, and uh, but certainly uh, with the football season starting for you. Uh, thank you, Mr. Jones. I appreciate your time, sir. I appreciate your patience too. No problem. Thank you, LA. Truly is the next. Appreciate you. Memorial University. Thank you. Appreciate you. Ernest C. Jones, of course, he is the uh, director of athletics at Florida Memorial University here on the Bachelor News Radio Show and the Bachelor News Radio Network. Stay tuned. Barry Barnes for Locker Talk on the Bachelor Pad Network as he presents NFL news and evaluates players Fridays at 9 a.m. Eastern at blogtalkradio.com. Tune in to You and the Law with Chief Virgil Green and Chief Keith Humphrey. The show focuses on law enforcement and their relationship with the black community while letting you know your legal rights as a citizen when confronted by the police. Listen live every Tuesday night from 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. Eastern at blogtalkradio.com and the podcast every Monday through Sunday at 4 a.m. and 6 p.m. Eastern at thebachelornews.airtime.pro.
Welcome back to the show. We thank you for joining us. Uh, thanks to our guests, six four six nine two nine zero one three zero. The number to get in touch with us. Press one to get on the line. Questions, comments. You can hit us up on uh, Pad Nation or Facebook. We're live on Facebook as well. Uh, you can hit us up there on uh, Pad Nation Two at Twitter, Instagram as well. Um, Want to bring in my co-host, longtime friend, and editor of uh, Black Athlete Sports Network. He is the one and only Tony T. Mac McLean. And T, I appreciate you coming on, sir, as always. How's it going? It's going. Uh, I have to. I normally don't recap uh, a lot of guests, um, but um, I have to recap this one. Uh, basically, uh, we just had. Yeah, I don't know if you caught the end of the uh, interview with um, the athletic director at Florida Memorial University, uh, Ernest Jones, and. You know, I mean, they decided that they want to have fall sports and they're going to continue to do it. Um, they are in Florida. Um, it is a hotbed, continues to be so. Yeah, yeah, just, um, ask, and they did, just ask the Mets. Right, and so they uh, they decided that they want to continue to play, and that's okay, right? But, you know, I have to ask these questions. Outside of uh, California, it's the second – Worst state in terms of the virus. They just had their their biggest um, virus uh, uh, cases today, as we speak. Um, and you know, quite frankly, he got a little edgy. I can tell. Uh, you know, you know people's tones. And you know, listen. You know what? It, it, and and I asked the questions. There's a couple of questions I had to ask. He first of all, he brought up the fact that you know, you know, our players want to play. Well, like I said, my kids want new sneakers. If they they might want some LeBrons, I, I, I that don't mean I have to do it. Kids want stuff all the time, and even young people, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen years old, may want something. But you're the administrators, you know. And he alluded to kids, you know, kids there and kids at other schools across the country. Okay, again, who's the, who's in charge? Number one, number two, you're in Florida. Number three. Um, you know, he said, well, we have international students that can't get home. I got it, right? So they have to be on campus, and you have to keep them safe. What does that have to do with the football team and the volleyball team? You know, I mean, it's just it's legitimate questions, you know? And, you know, he, he was huffing and puffing and blowing my house in at that point, I guess. So, well... I just I just put this way. I hope he has a lot of lawyers on retainer. Oh, that, that's the and he couldn't really answer. He couldn't really answer that. He was like, "Well, you know, he put it well, off on well, the conference." I think, I think, yeah. Well, I, well, yeah. I, well, I, I I think legally he probably can't because there's you know, let's put it this way. If I had a if I had a dollar for every time I have heard liability and college sports over the last three months. Uh, I'd have I'd have a couple bucks in my pocket, but um, look, you know, again, the uh, the sad thing is is that um, it's you know, there's, there's a, the sad thing is someone's going to have to die before there's something before something happens, 
and it's and it's and it's terrible that that has to be said and that has to be whatever. And you know, again, I'm sure his intentions are whatever, but. Like I said, I, I I hope they have good lawyers on retainer because someone you know someone someone's going to try to you know take advantage of this situation, and I hope these folks are prepared for that. And if they're and and if if, if they're not, <laughs> then you know, good luck. That's that's well, it's 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 you know, if if look. With all the things that are going on, for you to sort of not be aware of what's going on, this is this is one time where you literally and figuratively cannot cry ignorance. You can't. Right. You can't because and everybody you, knows. Everybody realizes what is going on now and how and, and how this has um, been playing out. And you know what? I don't wish any ill will on any of the folks, but be aware because. What's going to wind up happening is the very same kids that they're saying, oh, we're doing it for them, that's who they're going to blame if somebody drops dead. Well, he wanted to play. Right. And it's going to be, this this is, you know, this doesn't have to be the political football that it has become. There has some, someone, you know, at some point, somebody should be like, wait a minute, um, we need to, whatever. You know, it's, it's funny because, um, Jim Warren, um, I, I think it's Jim Warren, the uh, commissioner of the Big Ten, is catching all sorts of hell from people because he decided to shut it down. Now, I'll come right out and say it. A lot of it is because these white folks are like, how you know this this was an Obama effect, where they're basically saying, this black guy's not going to tell me what to do with me and my kids. But the minute one of these kids dropped dead. Guess who they're gonna come after? Him. Right. And he He decided he, yeah. he decided, no, I'm gonna be you know, I'm gonna be the adult in the room. And look, I didn't hear the interview, I'm not gonna and I'm not going to try and you know, it it, it would it, it'd be totally unfair for me to try to pass judgment on, on the A D at Florida uh you know, was it Florida Memorial said uh, Yep. Yep. You know, but, you know, look, more power to him. I hope for his sake that they do get this right. But if not, I hope he's prepared for the backlash. I think that's the best. I think that's the to do. There's really no need to belabor it in a sense. The decision has already been done. But I hope that when, you know, when, when the other shoe drops, that they're prepared for either the backlash or for, um, or for um, the way that this can be done right without with without without a lot of people having to be harmed or worse. Well, and 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 the reason I, I you know really bring it up is the fact that you know um him and his people knew what the topic was. What I mean, I wasn't talking about what the upcoming game was. The topic was, you know, what went into the reasons to to play fall sports. Um so, you know, uh I don't you know, get all the the defense. Uh and then uh, the other part of it is, you know, uh it, I mean, in fairness, listen, they, I mean, they're NAIA. They 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 they're technically an HBCU and um 
you know, when I had Madam Commissioner on, I said, well, you know, what happens if you got to move fall to winter, winter to spring, and this to that and the other thing? What happens to the CIAA basketball tournament? And she had B and Plan B and Plan C. And, the, and I asked them, and there was no, hey, well, we're prepared. And, and so I, I, I'm just saying it's so it's almost like he came in and thought like he was just kind of be on it on the air and he wasn't really prepared to answer. And then, you know, had an attitude about it. So I just thought that was a, uh, uh, quite, um, uh, uh, remarkable, uh, at this point, but I, I do agree with you. I, I do hope. And I said that to him, I hope that, um, you know, all will be well that you don't have any COVID-19 cases just for the sake of the people, let alone, you know, the the school. Because like I said, kids are going to want to play. That's what kids want to do. They want to play. And they think, oh, it's not going to happen to me because they're kids. Even though they might be 18, it might be, you know, somewhat, okay, legal in a, to, to a certain degree. They still young people. Young people are always going to do stuff like that or want stuff like that. Um, and and I had mentioned to them, if you're going to bring up that they want to play, you're going to bring up, well, Notre Dame kids want to play and other kids want to play, then the assumption is that you're you're basing a lot of your decisions on what they say. Is And, you know, he, that's when he went in a little tirade. But anyway, um, we we hope that all works out for them. Last week when we talked, T, or even Monday it might have been, uh, we had the Power Fives. You mentioned the Big Ten and and the decision to shut it down. And, you know, Notre Dame and all these other schools are testing positive here in, in my backyard, down the road to Chapel Hill, UNC. You know, they can't even get on the campus. Oklahoma. Oklahoma. I mean, it's, it's there. <laughs> With like you can't, you can't have and and a lot of this is now being driven and certainly we're not putting it. I'm not putting it on young people, but a lot of the campus stuff is being driven with these parties and they get together. They're so happy to see each other, which is a it is an understandable reason. People want to socialize. Young people want to get back to it. My kids want to see their friends. So I get that, but again, you run the risk of that, and you know. These parties and, and get-togethers are causing this COVID to to increase, and and t if I feel like the administrators or those who are in charge, I don't know if they're not doing a good job to to educate these young folks in the campus setting at least about this, or this is young people just being young people, regardless of whatever they tell them. About COVID nineteen, anyway. It's it's a little bit from column A, a little bit from column B, but you know what? If this sounds morbid, so you know, so be it. Hopes and prayers. Get it out the way now. Yeah. That's all. I mean, you know, because there's, you know, I'm there's no (laughs) hopes and prayers. I, I, I there's there's nothing more I can really add to to that. I mean, we've been. I think we've been pretty consistent in talking about this. There's nothing, you know, uh, you know, we'll see, can see, even with folks who are deciding to do something, there's still, you know, until you get to quote unquote zero hour things, you know, things 
uh, can change. But I mean, at 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 this point, it's it's almost like beating three and a half dead horses now. It's like, okay, you're gonna play fine. Okay, see you. We'll see. You know, hope, hopefully nothing happens to you. But when it does, we'll I guess we'll be there to talk about it or whatever. And I don't say that to sort of ridicule or whatever. But it's just, um, I, that's what it is. Well, no, no, no. I'm not. I'm not trying to ridicule. No, I don't. I, I mean, no, no, no. Some, I'm not saying. At, I'm saying that's point, what it is. At some point, at some point, you just have to literally and figuratively move on from it and let the powers that be, uh, deal, you know, deal with 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 whatever. Um, I, it, it's. I was all, you know, when I when I heard the the when I heard the uh, news about the Mets today, I was like, <laughs> not surprised. Not surprised. And it, it, you you don't even with the with baseball at least let, let's just say specifically um, with the New York teams and and spending some time in, in other places. Uh, you know, I think if I'm not mistaken, they played in Florida and Arizona, or just in Arizona. Where did they play their sort of quick spring training at? If, uh, just oh, well, if well, you well, can... well, spring 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 training is always spread out between Florida and uh, and uh, Arizona. But, Arizona, but where was yeah. it this year though? I'm talking. What, what specific? I'm 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 not sure the question you're asking. I mean, did they did they play spring training? Did they have that short spring training or practice somewhere different because of COVID nineteen, or were they still in Florida and no, Arizona? No, 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 they were still. It it hit right around. Remember, the the, the regular season never really started. They right. They, they shut down. They shut down spring training. Uh, everybody was in their corrective places. You know, everybody trains indifferently. There's a handful of you know. There's a bunch of teams that play that that train in Florida, and then there's a bunch of teams that uh, train in Arizona. There wasn't really, there wasn't any uh, change in that because when COVID actually hit, they were based. I mean, if I remember correctly, they were only about a week or so away from the start of the regular season. But they shut down. You got to remember, they shut down spring training, and then. <laughs> They kept pushing everything back and pushing everything back, and but then at some point it was like you know they basically said you know regular season is an indefinite start, and then as things progressed, because see, at one point they were toying with the idea of having teams play in Florida and Arizona, and this was even before um, Florida became number one with a bullet, you know, pardon the pun. Um, in regards to, to, to COVID. Now, I don't know what the numbers have been with uh, Arizona, but the funny thing is Manfred <laughs> last week actually said, well, we, we may do our postseason in a bubble. And I had to laugh because it's like, you, you, now? you know, <laughs> no, 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 I mean, you know, why don't you finish off your regular season first, you know, because this was, Matter of fact, the funny thing was before tonight, if I remember correctly, this was the first basically full week that everyone played their scheduled games uh, since week one. Right. This was the first time because, you know, I've been jokingly saying, you know, the, there's a COVID team of the week, and I guess we know this week's team is, uh, is uh, the Mets. 
But every, you know, the first week it was, you know, first week it was the, it was the Marlins. Second week it was the Cardinals. Then you right. had uh, the, the Indians. I guess they had their, you know, they had their animal house. Uh, they had their mini animal house party with the two, three guys. And then the thing with the Mets today. But, you know, not to be, not, not to, you know, try to pin any blame, but let's be honest, the one common thread in all of this is the Marlins. It's the Marlins. <laughs> you know, with the, with the exception yep. of Cleveland, because Cleveland actually went outside. But see, and ironically, and where like, and, and where the and where the and where the Marlins play their home games? <laughs> I mean, well, they are the, you know well, what I mean? The Miami, they are the they are the Miami Marlins. So I mean, exactly. But 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 see again, it's 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 here's the thing. Every you know, I actually I actually had a bet with a guy. I put in um, August 18th as the day that they were going to shut it down. So you know I'm. I, 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 I lost that bet, unfortunately. But I, I think Major League Baseball, the more this goes on, it's, 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 you, you can literally hear Chris Berman in the background going, tick, 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 this, tick, tick. Yeah. Because I just don't know, of, you know, I just don't know how long they're going to sustain it. And, 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 yes, I did say, you know, the Marlins are the common thread, but, I can't put this all on the Marlins, and I know people are going to say, you know, that doesn't make any sense. You can't because, to me, the Marlins are just victims of what this whole thing is all about. You know, it's, 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 it's you know, we have been talking about this basically since March, basically since, you know, the CDC um, you know, declared what they did and then the, the, the domino – Excuse me. The dominoes fell with the NBA, uh, Major League Baseball, the uh, college basketball. You know, we, we, we saw it all. You know, um, fall file suit. So no, so there isn't anyone in either the college or the professional ranks that literally and figuratively can cry ignorant now, unless 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 you're willing to say in public, "I'm a blithering idiot," as well. That being said. I go back to something we talked about a while back with baseball. I think what this was was Fred Manfred and his cronies are basically saying at some point they're going to shut it down and they're going to say, hey, we tried. We tried, we yeah. We did our best effort and, we went, and, and it blew up in our face. And I think that's going to be – that's what's going to be the mantra. Now, right now, they're trying their damnedest to, you know, whatever because – uh, as of right now, with the Mets a situation, tonight's game is gone, and as of right now, Friday's game uh, versus your guys is uh, gone. But more than likely, that series is probably uh, is done. done. But it's see, done. let me ask you this: in, in in respect to what you said with with Manfred and Big O, I see you on the line. You know. The, yeah, how much do we hear me out? How much do we put on the players because their association could have said no, we're not going to do this. I know the money's involved, but you know if they took if the players had taken it, just playing advocate, if the players had taken it, like I no, this is just too dangerous. 
then they're not playing baseball at all. Then nobody's getting sick, and we're not blaming it on the Marlins or, or anybody else because there's no baseball because the players have said this is too dangerous. No, I don't want to play. And I, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I think they would have been tearing the players a new one as it is. Because, see, you got to remember, out of all the four sports, they fought. Because, remember, the players originally wanted to do at least 100 games. And the owners right. talked it down. The owners talked it down. <coughs> Remember, it was a hundred. It was eighty. <laughs> it was seventy. And then they just. And then the players said, "Can we do seventy-five? No, it's sixty and no more." So remember, that was the owners that said sixty. So it's let's put it this way. In my in my humble, they would have tore the players a new one in this. Because even right. now, even the play, you know, even the players that have begged off, and even some of the folks that have, you know, whatever, they have they have tried to make examples of them. And I've heard, T, I've heard announcers um, on on MLB who, okay, so it's easy, right, uh, uh, to to. Chastise somebody when you don't have to go through. So there, I've heard some announcers say, you know, well, you know, I understand the risk, but you know, you're letting your team down. Are you serious? At this point, you throwing that in? I mean, all you throwing that in? Well, no, that I see again. I think that speaks to a, a, a mindset of a lot of folks who look at these athletes and, and, and let's be clear, a lot of it is, you know, with, with the non, not a lot of it is, is, is aimed at the non-white athletes, the black and Hispanic athletes, because, you know, when, when Mike, let's put his way, when Mike Trout left to, you know, go, you know, with his wife to have their first kid, you know, it was, it was treated very lordly. But when players, when you had players that, you know, begged off and whatever, there was, there, you know, they didn't come right out and say it, but the implications were definitely there. And, 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 but this and, was, and, this and was Joe have. McGrain. This was Joe McGrain. I forget the other white guy, but they, obviously it was Joe McGrain, and you know him. And I forget the other guy on MLB, and they were like, you know, I mean, you're, I understand the risk, but you're letting your team down. It's a short season, and all the precautions are there. I mean, really? You're sitting um, in a freaking um, studio. You know, you know there, there, I, I put them. I put them on the same level as uh, as uh, Barkley um, and these other uh, and these other ex NFL NBA players with penis envy in regards to the players. Right. Um, it's you know, it it is so easy to sit back and right. you know point you know you know point the Rafael Palmero uh, finger at them. <laughs> you know, it's very it's 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 it's, it's to be honest with you, it's almost it's, it's it's cowardly, to be quite honest. Yeah. And especially from an ex-ball player, you, right. you expect you expect it from the non-athletes. You expect that because they, you know, because you know they they don't they don't have that same whatever. But when you get it, but when but when it's coming from an ex-ball player who knows what these guys have gone through and what have you, and he's and he's willing to throw them under six or seven buses. Um, that's a special that that's a special kind of stupid, um, as far as I'm concerned. But but again, I'm not surprised because this is one of the reasons why I've uh, and I want to go to a long diatribe. But the, 
this is one of the main reasons why I really can't do pre and post game shows because right. only a maybe only a handful. This is this is the, this is this is exactly because there has been an attitude of how dare you not entertain us. And that the thing is, been, it, you, that has been the whole thing with this from day one. And it's funny because early on the ratings were tremendous nationally, locally, but they have gone, but they've gone down since then. And I think a lot of it is because people realize there's other things in life than sports. I think I've told you a bunch of times. I never missed, I never really missed it myself. I was, you know, there was other things that I was doing. I was getting involved in other things. I mean, and and I'm still doing those things, but I am watching sports. But again, I wasn't pining over not being able to watch baseball. I wasn't pining not being able to watch hockey. I wasn't pining not to be able to watch uh, basketball. Now, I think I am um, a minority in that vein. I think there were a lot of people that were going through maybe withdrawals, a big one, a, 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 a too big of a word to use, but I think because of the isolation that the, that the, the pandemic did and the sense of hopelessness for a lot of folks, they just wanted to have that little outlet, if nothing else, just for an hour or so during the day. Now, again, I, again, again, I'm, you know, there's, I will argue that there's nobody, there's no bigger sports fans than our little community here that 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 work in sports. But I'd like to think that I got a little bit of a life outside of sports if they're not playing, you know. Right, um, and, and and I think too, um, you know, I bring Orlando on to the the conversation, but I think, you know, they can and if you guys absolutely know I'm not an A-Rod fan. But they kill A-Rod and, oh, he's, you know, he's doing interviews with Paul Manfred because he wants to be an owner and this and that. But they don't kill these these MLB guys. And, and I really, if it ain't Harold Reynolds or somebody like that, I don't really give a you-know-what about what yeah. they say anyway because he's a baseball. He's a pure guy, and he will bring up what needs to bring up, African-American ball players and stuff. So I believe that. But, but when you have players – that have played the game and know the grind and know what's going and you're not and these players are sitting in their cushion studios and not dealing with COVID nineteen. These guys gotta make a decision with their family of COVID nineteen. You're gonna talk about well you're letting your players down? Bump you. You know what I mean? You you won't you just bump you. You have no room for anybody and if I was a well, current player and saw Joe McGrade, I might try to Punch him in his grill for stupid well, stuff well, like well, that, man. For real. I, you know, I've, I did, you know, and I think you know, me and Orlando and other folks have have talked about this variously off the air, on the air. What's going on with baseball? I think the mainstream white media wanted to see this happen to the NBA. They wanted right. to see the chaos with the NBA, and the NBA every week they test these guys. There hasn't been a positive test yet. Same thing with the NHL. Now again. Other than uh, Mr. Williams and his eggs and legs uh, uh, venture, that's been the only thing. And, and even that, they were able to whatever. You know, now, now Mike Conley, 
uh, left to see his uh, uh, son get born. I think a couple other players have have uh, left and come back and whatever. The you know, I think the sad thing is there. There's I I think that there's a in, instead of really looking to see how successful the NBA and NHL have done this, they're ridiculing it. Now, if I'm Roger Goodell, and God knows I don't want to be Roger Goodell, but I hope for his sake, he's looking at what's going on in the NBA and the NHL because everybody and their mama is waiting for the NFL right now. And if they insist on doing what baseball does, they will have they will have a COVID team of the week as well. Now remember, you got the Dolphins, you got the Bucks, and you got the Jaguars. All in now, Florida. And that's and that's you know. <clears throat> you but you, too, you got you got hot bed. Considering considering how they're considering how they're shoving Tampa Bay down our throats. On the TV for this year. Uh, now Jacksonville and Miami, they're sort of hit or miss. They may be very, very good. I, I know they're either going to be very, very bad or very, very mediocre, probably. If in, 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 a, in, a, in, a, in a good case scenario, although I think if um, if if uh, if Tua gets a chance to start opening day, which I'd be shocked, uh, that might you know bring a little bit more interest. But but um, I would. Think that if there are true, if they truly want this to be done right, they're putting together a bubble. Now it's now 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 with the NFL, it's going to be tougher because it's like we got thirty-two teams, you got thirty-two teams, and they're all over the place, and you've got right. multiple teams in multiple states, and you cannot and and see all the yep. hotbeds that we've been talking about, like Florida, like Atlanta, like the South, teams all over the place. Yeah, so, and I and and uh, I, I want to bring Orlando in, you know, uh, to Tony's point, you know, the NFL, everybody, all lies on the NFL. First of all, the NFL is the plantation. You slaves are going to play by any means necessary. You it's, black it's and brown only, it's people. Only, it's, only, they, it's only a slighter, smaller. It's only a slighter, smaller plantation than the one that's uh, called college football and college right. basketball. But I digress. Right. It's it's it, and so they're going to play Orlando. You know they're going to play. Um, I have zero faith in what Tony said. That they're following, looking at what happened with uh, baseball. Maybe trying to learn from basketball, whatever. I have zero faith in that. They're going to play, and and it's going to be like this guy occupying the White House. Well, we got 5 million cases, but only 170,000 people died, so we're good. We print money, so we can, we can, handle, we can handle the lawsuits. We got the money. We print it, right? We're so we're, we're not good. worried about that. We're good. Right, and so, um, Orlando, we – you 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 get the sense that the NFL, like T said, they're all over the place. You you got the three teams in 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 Florida. Florida is the second hotbed in terms of COVID. California being first. Oh, by the way, you got teams in California. You go to Arizona, you got the Cardinals there. I mean, there's there's a hotbed. 
they're hot mess all over the NFL. So that there's there's no rhyme or reason that's going to come out of this, other than you're going to get the Joe McGrains of the NFL. They're going to say, well, if this guy decides that he doesn't want to play because he's got an infant baby at the house, at the crib, or his wife, or his family, or his grandmother, he decides to play. Well, you're letting the team down. The, you know, the NFL has stuff in place, just like the whole, uh, to a, a different degree, this notion of, you know, um, the NFL is on top of, you know, concussions and these helmets. I mean, they're doing, look at what they're putting in place, and these Drew Breeses and people who, who spew all this this phony fake stuff that they put out there. So, Orlando, that, that we are going to see, I, I, I hope and pray, I truly do, just for people dying and getting sick, but we're going to see, Orlando, people are going to get sick, and the, and the NFL will find a way, and, and, and even worse, the fans will enable them to find a way to continue to play. They're not shutting down anything. They're going to play Orlando, in my opinion. They're definitely going to play. Um, it's been uh, foreseen by the Oracle that the slave owner convention um, that the field hands must play, and they will play. And just because we lose a couple of field hands, that's irrelevant. Right. Uh, so it, it's going to happen. Um, this needs to happen because the NFL will become a bigger distraction uh, for society as school goes back because they're going to pollute the airwaves with Saturday football, Friday football, uh, because college football won't be playing. Thursday football. Wednesday yeah, Thursday football. football. <laughs> I think they'll do away with Monday night. Uh, but we can honestly see. You Thursday, think so? Friday, you think they're going to get rid of Monday night? You think they'll yes. do away with it? Why, why, why is that? Because I can get a Friday night game. Because college football is mm. and, and, and Right. And, and, also, and, also got, and also, let's face it, when we grew up, the Monday night game was the marquee game. Clearly, right. it's the Sunday night game now. Clearly, right. it's, it's the Sunday, Sunday night, night game. game. It's not even but I can have a now. Sunday night. I can have a. I can have three nights of prime time football nationally. Friday, Saturday, Sunday football. Night, excuse me, night football. So I can be without. ESPN will gladly take it and move their Monday night game to a Friday night. Makes sense. Sure. Sure. And you know what though, and I guess. It, it the it, the NFL and, and you know Tony said on a small level or whatever the college football not playing. I had um, the AD at a uh, Florida Memorial University on uh, black AD black school NAI day. They decided they wanted to play. They're in Florida. Um, um, they're bucking what's going on not only in that state but a lot of the small colleges the HBCUs. Um, so if you get if you it, I, I what I what I don't understand uh is that if if none of your talented college players are playing and that, that I mean that's a that they're smaller they're an exception to 
to what I'm talking about. But if none of, let's say, uh, the SEC joins in to the Big Ten and the Pac-12, and none of those are playing, then you have no real uh, a, a way to evaluate those if they decide to actually, you know, enter the draft, if there will be a draft at this point, at that point. So, again, it goes back to the the fact that the NFL cares nothing about that. They're going to utilize this all in the name of the money that they're already making. They're already making it, Orlando. So they can take a year off and still print money. I, I'm going to correct you with one thing you said. Okay. The traditional way of evaluating people. Um, there's no way to evaluate players as we have done traditionally in the past. But they'll find some method to evaluate. Let, so they'll, they'll do it for players. I think we're going to have an 8- to 10-game season in the spring. Spring, mm-hmm. They're going to try like hell to get spring ball. So they're going to dilute it because they, they have to capture that television revenue. We all know they lost March Madness. So all the schools lost their money that they get from March Madness. College basketball may be done as well. So we may be playing football in the spring, and this may be the year without college basketball. Because wow. you're right down there in North Carolina. You saw what happened when they brought those kids back on the Tar Heel Heaven. And, and, yep. And that, that. So it, it, I don't want to be mean to people who just sent their kids off to school, and I know some folks that have done it. But, mm-hmm. you know, that's a questionable. It's rough if you're a college freshman, senior, or junior. You're not going to school this year. And, and nothing has changed except the weather. So we've gone from the very hot months to now starting to cool just a tad, mm-hmm. but nothing's changed with, with this, this COVID epidemic. Nothing's changed in society, right? The same people that were jacked behind in May and March are jacked <laughs> behind here in late August, right? The schools have not come up. The schools literally – have to redesign the use of the restroom, the kids in the hallway. The college, the colleges have to design and mark out how to have parties. HBCUs would have to design how to put people in the stadium. That hasn't been done. Everybody can they can tell you they've done it, but that's bull crap, bro. That's bull. The airlines aren't even blocking. You can get right now buy a ticket on American and Delta. And, and you would think you were on spirit. People sitting on top yep. of each other, playing. <laughs> you know. Yeah, uh, you, that's that's they, real talk. They, 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 look, I, I, I just literally, literally saw a ticket from Philadelphia to Seattle for sixty-one dollars on Sunday. Yep. Oh, yeah. Sixty-one dollars. Hey, I could go to Orlando for sixty-one dollars. Orlando, I could go. I saw a ticket from here, and I, you know, I love Vegas. Uh, I go from here to Vegas for twenty something dollars. Yeah, you are. You are twenty. That, 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 I, I kid you not, T. I kid you not. I kid you not. I'm not surprised. Well, 
I'm, I'm not surprised. But see, that's but see, you and, and that that should be that should be again that should be the biggest damn red flag. Uh, in the world. <laughs> exactly. Come on, for twenty-seven. Yeah, I mean, you did. I mean, but you and then they say, "Hey, and we'll waive the first uh, luggage." Or no, I mean, they're doing all that. Well, they will. Well, 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 you know why? Because well, they're going to need. They're going to need. They're going to need some clothes. So when they bury you, they can say, "Oh, at least you got some clothes." Right. Uh You got some clothes to put you in. Right. And and then look at the folks. Orlando works in the industry. He's a pilot. He works in it. So listen, this is real. Like he. He ain't making this up. So, and, and drove, yeah, I and mean, drove his family on vacation in the car, like no flying. Exactly. In the car. <laughs> exactly. Right? In the car. You ain't even there getting you on the plane. There you go. You, just, you fly a plane. <laughs> in the car. In, the in Orlando. In Orlando. In Orlando. How was Wally? How was Wally World? By the way. <laughs> I, I came. I came up your way. We did Newport Beach. Rhode Island, we did high. <laughs> but, hey, but I hope you did. Look, I just hope, like the movie, you ain't pull a gun on the guard and, uh, just so you can get on the ride in Wally World or do this. And, uh, <laughs> John <nah>. Candy. <laughs> I wouldn't do the amusement park right now, but yeah. Oh, yeah. But you know, I think the I think that the, what 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 bothers me is the fact that um, the I, I think, see, I think it was Yale, but correct me if I'm wrong. There was a school out there that said, listen, if you think you're coming, tell their students, not athletes, just students, you think you're coming on campus for some norm, just for, uh, just um, think of it as being at, at a, um, a hospital ward. I like they're anticipating was, people to sick. I think I think it was Stanford, actually. But I, okay, but it I might have been. Okay, it's the, it the Yale of the West. Right, yeah, but they're saying it's going to be a hospital ward. Let's be honest. One of the, you know, um, not that I'm a big fan of Yale, mind you. I could do an hour on them. But, but the Ivy League and the HBCUs were ahead of the curve on this. I mean, the traditional right. HBCU conferences. So they were ahead of the curve on this. And they have stayed ahead of the curve on this, not just athletically, you not now. Now they were ahead athletically, no doubt. But again, in in because cause see, at the end, you know, we we're you know we're sort of snobbish. We forget about that other part there about the about the right. about the about the, the, the um the students. Just regular students, yeah, students. yeah. Because I mean, what what does Stanford do? About forty thousand students, maybe somewhere around there. I don't, you know, yeah. that, 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 I'm just throwing that out there as a number, but you know, the remember that the athletic part is 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 only a, a is only a small percentage of that. You know, contrary to popular belief in the SEC and the ACC and all the other, uh, you know, gang of five, uh, y'all are small potatoes. Yeah, you you bring in some cash, no doubt about that, but. In the grand scheme of things, they—I think they just shut it. I think a lot of these conferences shut it down. Look, we don't—we we, we got to worry about our students before we worry about these athletic guys. That's true, though. I guess I, I, the only thing I would say to both of you 
and it goes back to the conversation I had with Florida Memorial is leave you understand that, man, that, that, that man no, no, listen, no, listen, no, listen, no, listen, I'm bringing this up for a reason. Listen, no, listen, listen, no, no, listen, listen to what I'm saying. So if I understand that there, there are people on campus that have to be taken care of, but that doesn't give you a license, it seems, to bring forth the student athlete. If the athlete, if the if the students need to be on campus because they can't get home, they live in another country. That's one thing. Why would you want to add to it by bringing forth a a student athlete just to justify a sport? Because you're already up against it for the people on campus. See, there you go, trying to throw logic into this. And what, what's your problem? <laughs> well, what's your problem, man? I mean, why, really? Why, why don't you, why don't you, why don't you, why don't you, why don't you and him just rent out uh, UFC to whatever it is and 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 solve this? Matter of fact, I think, <laughs> matter of fact, I think you and him should have UFC on the campus of Florida Memorial so you can settle your differences. Right. Well, I ain't going to Florida, but uh, <laughs> it's just, it's, 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 that's not going to happen. But. <laughs> I, I, Orlando, I guess what I'm saying is, just, you know, like if if you already got it, it because actually Madam Commissioner had talked about this uh, for the CIAA, they already got people on campus. What are you doing to make sure they're safe and administrators that have to take care of these kids and making sure they're not having parties and all this kind of stuff, keeping that in place? What do you do with the ones that have nothing to do with any sport, but they have to be there is my concern. Listen, being at a college, I would not want to be at a college. I would not want my child to be at a college, nephew, or any of my relatives, although some people are there. The problem is we – see, you just mentioned it. We talk about sports. It's, it's, you know, a sports-based show. The reality is the colleges have not demonstrated that they can protect our athletes, yet alone our, our normal students. This country has not demonstrated that it can protect its citizens. So, to me, that's self-explanatory. And I, I, I know the way that this, uh, it's not even a country, this, the territories that are known as the United States of America, in the southern territory, well, the deep south territory, the thinking is very different. Absolutely. It's very different. Different than it's different yeah. when we travel out west in California. Then, when I was up in New right. England, I must say in Rhode Island, they were all about you know social distancing. Uh, uh, social distancing. Um, you go down to Virginia Beach, where down where Norfolk is, uh, not necessarily. Parts of Carolina, not necessarily. So South Carolina, I don't know what the hell they're doing in Atlanta. Who knows? I mean, yeah, you 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 just said it. They're walking you to kill yourself for twenty-seven dollars. <laughs> yep. And so, but you know what though? But some people, right? hey, but but you know what? Some people, Orlando, are going to do it for twenty-seven dollars. Hey, I can't get a deal. I'm just, and then they fly, they fly to Connecticut, New York, and they got to get quarantined for two weeks anyway. And LA will bitch about it. And, and LA will bitch about it not being twenty dollars. <laughs> Listen, buddy, I, I'm going to a funeral 
in my car Sunday to sit in my car for one of the brothers from Norfolk State who died right. from Corona. You know, oh. so this thing is is is, is it, it, it's for real. Right? I mean, and this is our time, but I have not seen anything, and and. You know the distraction of sports. Maybe because I'm a Sixers fan, you know it, it's not not happening for me watching the Sixers and the Phillies. You know, like I, I, I was I was trying I was trying not to I was trying not to bring that up because I feel like that that's the uh, the, the the elephant in the room. But you know, since you brought it up, listen, listen. <laughs> so you know, I've been reading you know tracks through our lives, and I got books and stuff. So I'm turning into the 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 older man and just reading and listening to music, bro. I mean, you know like Tony said, I can care less about sports. Like it's on, but it's 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 really not getting me because the NBA is doing it the right way. But this is nothing but a glorified um, AAU game. Yeah, it was so it was so funny. It was so funny. I I you know. I was I was I was one of the few times I was actually on Twitter while watching the game, and it was so funny how they how they are tearing the Sixers and the Lakers and the Bucks a new one, and I'm like, it's game one. They got to, you know as great mm-hmm. as Portland looked the other night, and and even as great as uh, the Celtics, they got to do it three more. Well, I guess not with the Celtics, they're two more times, but even with Portland, you still got to do it. Three more times. Right. It's just, it, it, if, yep. If I'm a Sixers I, fan, I, I could be very upset right now for these playing games, right? Because they had a couple of preseason scrimmages, but we should have went right into the playoffs. But they were trying to get Zion in the playoffs, and they you. got Memphis out, that as Sixers fans, we should be upset because our most valuable player got hurt playing a game that was meaningless against the Washington Wizards. He got hurt. Why were the Wizards even down there? They had no chance of making the playoffs. Yeah. Right? It should have been been Memphis versus uh, Portland and possibly – uh, who else was it? San Antonio, the most. Probably like New Orleans. Like New Orleans. But you know what? It, but deal, 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 I mean, yeah, but you listen. Right, but listen, the, the the fact is that, you know, the NBA wanted pork chop sandwich, a.k.a. Zion Williamson in, in, the, in the playoffs, and, and, and that didn't. <laughs> Happen, and I say that. I mean, the dude's got to get in shape. You see, he's a big kid, but he's got to get. He he's a he's a big thick kid, but he's not in shape. He's not in shape, right? So we know that. Um, but they wanted them, as T has said over and over again. They wanted that team to get in. You know that didn't happen. But the the I, I as as it as a Sixer fan, Orlando, I listen, this might be a good thing in a way for them. They are on the brink of elimination anyway. The fact is that uh, Ben Simmons needs to get his act together or gone, or he should be gone. And this, we would, uh, the three of us have already said that this coach is not the guy who's going to win our first title since 83. It's not going to happen. 
with him. He needs to go. He is not the guy to get this done. And this might, and that, the, the, the sad and p- part of this, uh, Orlando, is that because it's a shortened season, with everything going on, he might get another pass because of this, yeah. and then the injury. And I don't it, want that to happen because I don't think he's the right guy to get them there. L.A., there is no shot in hell. Absolutely no shot in hell. You asked me a question before. I forget what it was. We were talking about a topic, and I told you they would burn the city down, whatever it was. If you bring Brett Brown down here back again, the city, the ashes of the city will be set on fire. The ashes <laughs> of the city will be set on fire. Oh, man. Yeah, I, I, I think, yeah, the whole – I think even if even if the Sixers were to do an incredible comeback and win the holding the whole thing, I think he still would be canned. That that is, is, there's only so many there's only so many if bullets to lose against the now. Celtics. Yeah, oh yeah, Celtics. Exactly. Yeah. That's what that's what's really irritating me. We yeah, down yeah, to yeah, to yeah, Boston. Yeah. Like down, I don't want to be well, down to Boston. If you're down if you're down two zero to Orlando, you're sort of like oh well whatever. But it's yeah. the, but, but the Celtics. You know, you'd the rather, Celtics. Like you know, like I said, like I said, I'd rather I'd you know, well, what 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 did I say the other night? I uh, I root I root for the Republican Party before I rooted for I forget the uh, what the what the context was, but but yeah yeah you know when you right, lose right. Rival, if you you lose it to your rivals you know that's that's you know that's 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 that that's more that's more of a thing. But yeah, it's 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 crazy because unfortunately. You know, and and you know what's what's forgotten is they had their ups and downs during the regular season, but I seem to think that at the time of the COVID, they were actually starting to put together some consistency, if I remember correctly. When, but I, they, but they, they they're showing desperate. They playing they playing Ben at the three. They do. I mean, that's desperate. They're moving him around. Like he is your Magic Johnson. Not in the sense of he's Magic Johnson, but in the sense that he's a big point guard who can distribute. He just never, I think he hasn't been focused enough to work on his game. And if he's not going to work on his game, he can't be in Philly. That, well, that, I'm you know sorry. Yeah, let me do one of your things, uh, devil's advocate. Could it be because the, the moron at the top is having him – is, is playing them out of position and not, you know, getting the best out of him. Well, LA, the more on the, the more hold on a little. The more on that at the top is the coach. Then yeah, you're right. He's playing him out of position, and he needs to go too. That's why I said he needs to go. He's well, not the guy. That's a that's a that's a that's a that's that's a factor. Because see, me personally, I understand your frustration with Ben, but. Ben's got to practice, OT. Ben's got to practice. You know in the playoffs, you know how it is. They they collapse on him. They expect him to shoot the jump shot. He's not making it. He's not making his free throws. He's he's not working on his game. He's not. It doesn't show. It doesn't seem like it. Ben's not the the problem. He he increased his foul shot shooting. All right, you don't take him off the ball. That's why Jimmy Butler did not want to come back here. Irregardless for Ben being out, the Sixers should be dominating the Celtics. The Celtics have no answer. I said the same thing. He said the same thing. You're right. No answer for them. 
Markel Fultz is running point for the Orlando Magic. Right? I was about to take the words look, right out of my look mouth. At the, look at the Orlando Magic team right now. Markel Fultz, James Ennis, who we traded, Vucevic, right? Is there? There's also Michael Carter-Williams. Vucevic and Carter-Williams, they're old people. Why is Fultz off of the team? Why? There was no reason. You traded a first-round draft pick for him. Give him another year to get himself together. The kid had a problem, right? Why? 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 Why do we have that urgency? We, we we also had uh, uh, Trey Burke, and did he not lead the Dallas Mavericks over the Clippers last night? He was on the roster this year. Pick sure. Trey Burke. Uh, they picked Raul Raul Meadow over Burke. The team's gonna pick up the mentality of the coach. And the coach is soft. The coach got out coached last night again after they yep. came out and punched Boston in the mouth. Right? Jason Tatum had two fouls in the second quarter. Jason Tatum finished the, the game with two fouls Uh-oh. for the entire game. <laughs> right. Which it, which it, it, it tells it, it, you they didn't it, go out after Tatum when he got the two it, fouls. You're right. If he gets if he has two fouls, right? We are going after T. Thank you, gentlemen. We are running screens, picks, mm-hmm. and we are coming after T. He's going to foul. He, he has to foul. We, we, we got to get him out of the game because he's killing us. Mm-hmm. I, I, I come after kid, me too. This poor kid that had the game of his life against the Clippers, uh, 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 um, Shake Milton, mm. like, like you look at what, what the Bulldogs and the Celtics is doing against them. Look at what they're doing. Yeah. He's dribbling right. half court, picking up his dribbling. It's like a young guy, the first time you play ball on the center court at the playground with the big boy. Correct. You were nervous as hell. Right. <laughs> well, the thing is, it, the, you know, they're down to, oh, they're, they're, that's, you know, they dead men walking at this point. And I don't know, Orlando, is this going to happen? Is the coach going to be gone after the season, in your opinion? Hell yes. Yes, you'll be lucky if Elton Brand is not gone. And the only thing that's going to save his behind is because he did not draft. I mean, right? He just got there. Right. 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 And and he was in a he was in a situation because they had Jimmy Butler did not want to play for Brett Brown. So and and that's 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 profound. Because you right. see what Jimmy Butler is doing right now. Right. That is hurtful for Philly yeah, but right now. It, it, it handicapped us. Look, they got a couple of moves they can make. I would trade, and you call me crazy, but I would trade Al Horford to Cleveland, and I would get Kevin Love's contract. Oh, and my God. Hey, hey, we got to get rid of Horford. We got to get rid of Horford. And I would send Tobias Harris, who does not have a heart, and that's never going to work in Philadelphia. But you see how the way he's playing. I would trade him to OKC, and I would get Chris Paul's salary, and I would get the last couple of years out of Chris Paul, and I would pay. Okay. Because those salaries would expire. So now I have Ben, Chris Paul, Kevin Love with Joel, and I need to go get me a quality big man to back up Joel. At well, the mm-hmm. mm. right? 
Uh, but yeah, I would. Did, I like this. I like the second thing. I don't want. Yeah, but I like the second thing. You want no part of Kevin Love, don't you? Right. I don't want Frankenstein. No. I don't no, want Frankenstein. but you got, you, you got to get rid of mm-hmm. Al. Al. Al quit on you. Al. Al. Which is which regardless is a of you I'm, I'm shocked. I'm shocked. But at Al, that. I'm but, really shocked at that. Really. No. I really, right, no but play yesterday. Yesterday. But guys. No, right, but I this, think, but you don't think, but you don't think that Al is is in the same boat as Ben Simmons that he's not being used as as the way he needs to be defensively. I'll give it to you. Hawford has not played up to way where he played in Boston. He didn't have that um, that zeal. But I don't know if 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 he has been used properly no, under this coach. But there was a play yesterday, LA. Right, there was a play. In which Boston had a rookie guard defending Al Horford. Oh yeah, I Horford remember that. Horford got yeah, the yeah, ball yeah, yeah. right on the baseline, and he he put a he put a fadeaway shot on a rookie. Horford used to body up Joel Embiid, mm-hmm. right? You don't need coaching with that. You should be able to do. Uh, um, you you should be able to do that on your own. He showed me no heart, and I know he doesn't want to be here, so I'm going to help you. I'm going to show. And 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 see, he's a veteran. See, this is you know he's he's not a, he's not a youngin anymore. He's he's been around. You know, he's had several drinks of water in the league now. And the fact that the fact that he basically did sort of a a a, a sophomore move like that 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 really, I, I I'm really surprised that his game has just. I, I, you know, I barely recognized him yesterday. I mean, or, or in this series, to be quite honest. But let me, but let me ask you this, though, and I'm not, uh, T, I'm not um, excusing it, but if he knows, if 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 coaching staff's not using him right, it doesn't mean I'm not excusing it. But he he he, he clearly doesn't want to be there anymore. So, I mean. I, you know, he's maybe not thinking in terms of posting a, a rookie up at that point. He's thinking, you know, I'm just going to do what I need to do. It, it doesn't make it professional, but it is well, what it is. The coach is not using him right, though. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. And, and you hear this phrase a lot in football. It's it's going to be out there on tape for everybody to see. And yeah. The, and the folks that – see, see, you can just see – I'm not saying that he dogged it, but don't if 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 the three of us can see that Horford ain't in it and not doing it, gotta know that there's that there's scouts all around the league that are saying he ain't the he ain't Al Horford anymore. He's not going to be right. in, you know that and see that's why you know that means his trade value goes down. It means he's probably not going to get you know the kind of money he thinks he should get. All, uh, it, it all plays together. I, I I know what you're saying, and it's 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 a whole bunch of factors going on here, this fixer team, and to a certain extent, it all comes back to um, uh, you know, uh, the village idiot. But as a player, you still can control you, and right. there's and that was a certain situation. And again, with him being a veteran, with him being a veteran. You gotta know that. Cause see, the thing about Fultz, the great thing about Fultz is that they get you know. Well, the great thing for him, they gave up on him so quickly that whoever took advantage of him 
the first thing that they had to do was just the, the first thing that they had to do with him wasn't physical. It had to be all mental. Look, you're getting, you know, you were messed up over there. On your mental stuff, we'll do the physical. And I think that's been the, and I think that's been the fruition of what, I mean, he looks like a completely, di- he looks like a completely different player from mindset to physicality and everything else. And that is all on the organization because they gave up on him way too quickly. And one could say that Brown was like, I can't coach this guy. I can't coach him. We need to get, you know, we did get something for him. And that's where the organization dropped the ball, you know, um, through, you know, through the village idiot. But with Horford, Horford's a vet. Horford's been in the league. You, you know, you can't be doing second, third year guy things when you've been in the league in double digits. That's, that's, that's unforgivable. And I understand, yes, we know that there's players and stuff that are being hamstrung because of whatever. And, 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 there, and there may be other even more outside forces that may, we, we may not even know about as well. But just on the periphery, you can't, you know, you can't be doing that stuff. You can't be doing that stuff. And see, that, and, and I don't mean to beat y'all with a dead horse, but just like, what makes it even worse is that that loss to Toronto now seems like almost a million miles away. I, I remember the night talking, we just said, this is going to be the moment where they're going to look back on this after winning the championship and say, this is where we, you know, became a championship team. And unfortunately, they've taken a terrible step backwards from that. Yeah. And that's the yeah. sad. And that's the sad part because it's somewhat the same roster for the most part, at least with their with the with the with the building blocks. And to me, that comes back to Mr. Brown. And I'm I'm with Orlando. They I, I think if they bring him back, um you know they'll they'll be they'll be throwing they'll they be don't throwing care things. about basketball they'll, they'll they don't care well, no, well, you, know, they you, don't. Know you know what no nope. you know what look i think if when the when the sixers are good people will follow them and i know that that's you know that's that's sort of a backhanded compliment whatever but i think if if they i i think if this i i think because of what happened with the process people started whatever and see now they're seeing wait a minute these guys are taking a step back I can't blame the fans for being up, for being yeah. fickle because of that. Yeah. I really yeah. can't. Let me ask you a, a couple questions to, to you both uh, in regards to, um, uh, to the NBA. Start with you, Orlando. Um, you know, we've seen both the top seeds in both the East and the West go down. Uh, the Bucks certainly made up for it uh, today against a very – Game Orlando uh, uh, team, but the Bucks get it done uh, by 15 or so or whatever it was. Um, and then the Lakers, of course, you know it wasn't just Lillard. I mean, the, the and you know you don't expect Portland to shoot the way they did lights out in the second half. They did against the Lakers, but the Lakers don't play defense. And I've been saying that all year anyway. Even before the virus, they're not a defensive team unless you're in the post and then AD you could just make you look really bad. Um, so what team, if any, 
Orlando. And then I'll ask T the same question. Could be in trouble in terms of the top seed. Would it be Milwaukee or the Lakers? The Lakers. The Lakers. Um, I, I, I don't believe in the Lakers. They don't have any shooting. Um, and they're asking LeBron to do too much. Yeah, and and, and I think that, you know, <laughs> the, T, the days of LeBron really playing defense are over. I was trying to school my son that he plays some team de- defense here and there, but he ain't playing one-on-one anymore. It, it's not – that's not LeBron. Not an indictment on LeBron. It's just that's not LeBron. So – when you look at the Lakers, you look at what the Bucks did to redeem themselves. And keep in mind, they changed the uniforms, but they're still playing in the same bubbles. So it's not really some kind of home court advantage. Orlando just took it to them in game one. Milwaukee came back in game two. So who do you think might be challenged in this series? It'd be Milwaukee, the Lakers, or neither? Robert, you, you got to go with the Lakers only because – you know they were the they were the number one overall. I think I think basically Orlando just you know just sort of you know gave them a what did the five hands say to the face five fingers say to the face thing for for them on uh, day one, and 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 they rightfully you know woke up today. Uh, with the Lakers, as good a record as they've had, they've been a flawed team all year. Uh, now. Now they were not a lot of. And I, I was going back and forth. I I watched the Milwaukee broadcast and I watched the Laker broadcast, and I'm, I'm sorry, the uh, Portland broadcast. I'm sorry, right, and right. the L A. the L A. folks were going on and on about how you know they missed Beasley and all this other stuff, but uh, Portland's playing without Trevor Ariza, so right. so above so above that. Uh, uh, Danny Green, I believe I saw Danny Green on at least two or three milk cartons going to the store today. Hey, so, I listen. I said, <laughs> I said know. this to my son. Really, you guys are. He's a, a, a notorious, I guess, a surprising Laker fan. Uh, you you're really relying on Danny Green to. I mean, <laughs> so good luck with that. Point. But you know what? But with all that being said, I got to see Portland do it at least two more times. Right, I mean that was a great game. Right. One, you know, and see, but see, that's the thing with the NBA, and because it's all. See, I thought the first round was uh, best of five, but they're just best of seven. Christ. Right, so they getting it in. They getting it in. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I gotta see Portland. You know what? I hate. I gotta see Portland do it again. I have to. If that now, now, if they take it to them against it, I, let's put it this way. The first five minutes tonight are going to be the most interesting five minutes of the um, of the series because it's you know I think if if if, if nothing else just your damn pride you would want to come out there and, and and smack them in the face like like Milwaukee did today right and you have to um, and I'm gonna come back to this, that in a second Orlando. It, look, there's some surprises and disappointments. And, uh, as T said, it's only the first round. Um, first of all, if you saw OKC in Houston today, OKC got absolutely robbed in this game and some officiating. And it goes back to Tony's um, conspiracy on, on Zion that they want 
Harden and Houston to make it to another round so they could be playing the Lakers and all these other teams, Orlando. But, you know, they you know, Houston's up uh, uh too well. But uh disappointments and surprises. To me, the most consistent team and I think the most impressive team, and this is a team that plays defense, Orlando, is the Miami Heat. Oh, well, no, yeah, Toronto. Miami, Orlando, has been playing really exceptional ball. Uh, uh, an Indiana team with a return player, and they're getting – Indiana's throwing everything at them. And Miami is staying the course. They're playing team ball. They're defensively uh, gifted, Orlando. I'm impressed with them. Who, no! is, who are you impressed? Who are you impressed with, and who are you disappointed in? Orlando, yeah, he's there. Orlando, disappointments and might be on mute. Oh, by the way, that 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 screech of me in the background. The Knicks got the eighth pick. Oh, jeez, yeah. you need the first pick, but anyway. <laughs> Yeah, and, and people in and people in hell want ice water too, uh, LA. Uh, right. So who for U T? Who's been no, sort of here, the, 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 oh, oh okay okay oh uh, who's been a disappointment? No worries. Who's been a the disappointment and the impressive team so far in the NBA for you? I think Miami's been pretty impressive and solid for me. Um, the impressive team for me, are defending champions, the the Raptors. Um, and just what they do. Nick Nurse seems to be pressing all the right buttons. Um, they were down there two weeks earlier getting acclimated to the bubble and putting themselves in their own bubble uh, society. Um, they're impressive. The disappointment to me has been um, it's a combination of the three, the Sixers, the Lakers, and the Bucks. Mm. Um, the Lakers and the Bucks, they really haven't been playing well. And for them, if for them to have the expectation that they were just going to turn it on, eh, it doesn't happen that way, brothers. It does not happen that way. So it, it, it's they have a problem in, in L.A., and the NBA is going to be real ticked off if they don't have their Lakers in the second round. You know yeah. that's not going to happen. Right, and that's how we know how this influence takes place, T. Who's your disappointment? Who's your surprise or the team that's been pretty solid for you? Oh, the most solid team to me is, is – I'll go back with Orlando. I have a defending champ. I, I, I think they're the team, you know, with all due respect to Milwaukee, I think they're the team to beat in the East. I, I think they're the most balanced. I, you know, it's weird. They're not better than they were last year, but there's there's there's, there's you know – you put a gun to my head. I think it's a. I think it's a Clippers, um, Raptors final strictly because they're the two best defensive teams, you know, for the most part. But you know, things still have to play out. Uh, disappointments. You know, it's kind of tough for me after one or two games. But I, 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 right. I um, I guess the Bucks only because of all the. The, of of all the white noise that went on last year about them not living up to whatever, and if there was ever a game where you wanted to sort of, you know, I, I hate to use the cliche, make a statement, this was the game, and the and 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 the, and the fact that they basically took a, you know, what was, what was it, a one o'clock game for them for the first game? 
it's, yeah, it's, almost, yeah. it's almost like they didn't show up till about three thirty, and by then it was already too late. You know, I I agree that Toronto is good. I wouldn't necessarily say they're the 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 most impressive because I I think all three of us thought that they would be impressive. I just think that. Just keep an eye on Miami, man. I know they're, you know, I just, the way they play defense and they've just, Indiana has some dynamics to them. And I just think that Miami, is the, of, of all the, the teams that are up 2-0, they look more convincing than anybody else um, uh, in the East. And, and I do agree with the two of you. I think it's Toronto's to lose. But I'm just saying, in terms of impressive, the way they've handled everything, um, uh, I, I, I'm concerned about the Clippers. I've been a big fan of theirs and Doc Rivers, and with Kawhi being there, I think if the NBA wants to put something, if the Lakers don't make it, it would be a nice uh, storyline if Kawhi goes play his old team in the NBA yeah, finals. finals. Oh, sure, sure, absolutely. Absolutely. So then, <laughs> then you got the Clippers against but, but, two but defensive but teams, you, and you know yeah. what? as 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 defensive lack they are, Dallas, as last night proved, Dallas will give them some. Dallas, they have some matchup problems with Dallas. Right, and terrible, that's why they have some terrible matchup problems. Sorry, Charles. Um, and that's <laughs> yeah, and that's what I was saying about Dallas. Don't that I mentioned you know last week that I I like the way Dallas plays ball, and I think um, they're well, well coached. I don't believe in the, the coach's politics, but they are they're definitely um, well coached. Orlando, let me ask you this, because I asked T um, last week, and I'm going to ask you this. If this young man in Milwaukee who's trying to bring a title back to Milwaukee in basketball, which we can go back a long time and all the all the solid players in the eighties with Moncrief and and um all of those great players and the junior Bridgmans and all those guys that came through the Bucks back then and even before that when Kareem was there. Uh, he's trying to bring something there. If they don't do well this year and even next year, is that a tarnish on his MVPs and does that mess up the short-term legacy? I don't think he's going to stay there in Orlando anyway. I don't think they can afford him anyway. I mean, the dude is so talented, that market can't afford him to be there. But if they continue to lose, do well in the regular season, but lose in the playoffs, what does that do for him and his market? What does that do for him and his legacy? Hmm. The market could be in question. The legacy itself, um, I don't know. I don't believe in the, you know, the NBA does funny stuff, and it's all by, you know, the, the late, great conspiracy master himself, David Stern. Um, and I know it's not good to talk about dead people, but he was never one of my favorite folks. Um, there you go. Mm-hmm. Um, I I I don't see he could stay in Milwaukee, but I don't think he's the problem. 
I think the supporting cast is the problem. Um, and Budenholzer, for as great as a coach as he is during the regular season, I think it's him, man. I, I think it's something wrong with, with Popovich's tree. Pop has the magic stick, but his disciples, they go to a certain point, and that's all they can do. Wow. Call me wrong, um, but it's the Bel- it's the Belichick curse, then, basically. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, so I I, I so, really can so, see so, some so way. Holzer, so is Rosenholzer, uh, uh, Ch- uh, Charlie, or is he Bill? <laughs> Bill, Bill, yeah, yeah. Bill O'Brien. I, I win my division every year. <laughs> I but I guess year. Orlando, I, I, I guess Orlando, what I'm asking you is if he leaves Milwaukee losing, meaning that they don't win the title or even smell smell the finals, what does that do to his market value if he goes to another team? He becomes Charles Barkley. He's okay. Charles Barkley. That's all he is. Wow. Well, I mean, that's a fair assessment. But if he goes is somewhere and he wins, then maybe he's not Charles Barkley. Well, that you well, know, Charles Barkley. You know, if you he's going to go somewhere you know, and play with somebody else. He's going to play me, the, not, the 21st century basketball. Me personally, guys, I think it's a little too early to be using the L word on him. Agreed. That's just, that's just agreed. Agreed. That's just me. That's no, just me. no, agreed. I'm just asking a question because again, we're all enamored with his his talent. He is he's got God gifted ability and this this Bucks team has not been on the map since you guys know. So oh, well, here we are. But, but, and but, it, but, you know, but, if but, they but, lose I sorta of, I sort of I, I sort of go back with what Orlando said. I mean Remember, it took Michael seven years. Yeah. Uh, it took Michael seven years, and, and it took him four or five years before, you know, uh, Pippen and, and and all the other ones, you know, because, again, nobody wins by themselves. Right. Nobody, and you, nobody wins by themselves. Right. And you, to right. your point, you know, Magic, I mean, uh, Michael had – all those uh, he and to Orlando's point, he needs some help. It's up to Milwaukee to get them help, but was unfortunately for his brothers, they don't get help. 